Hello and welcome to episode number 76, aka episode 75 part 2 of the third power. This is, of course, Anthony Avatola with my usual uh, exuberant, outstanding co-host, Usman Jamil. Howdy. How y'all doing? And, of course, we have uh, our special guest here with us again. Uh, please uh, say hello, Drew and Zakil. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Ready to talk some more Cube? I'm excited you let us back. <laughs> <laughs> excited that you actually came back after the last one. Sometimes people get shell shocked after, you know, having to do third power episodes, you know, they have to take them a while to shave and catch up on on life after all the recording and you know, it ages some people more than others, let's just say. I kid you not, I shaved right before we started recording because <laughs> So we are back today to continue. Silly us, we thought we could get through all of 2017 in one episode. Uh, so we are back to finish a uh, 2017 MTG Cube retrospective. Uh, and then we're going to dive ahead into 2018. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Maybe we'll have episode 77, aka 75 part three, aka 76 part two. We'll uh, we'll see how all that goes, but we're just going to go ahead and uh, pick it up with 2017. Uh, last time we went through uh, Aether Revolt and Amonkhet and uh, the outstanding <coughs> Hour of Devastation. Uh, so we've now made it to August, and we're going to dive right in with Commander 2017 and its impact on Cube. Yeah, yeah, definitely was. It feels like the last two years have been really nice for Cube. Like, you know, all the stuff in 2017 and then next year, 2018. But yeah. The, the last block in particular, just between all the, uh, Ravnica sets and, uh, and now incoming War of the Spark is just. Whew. Let's just say if you're building your cube now out of standard cards, you could you could have started your cube in much worse time periods. Yeah, it's not like you're starting it off during like Saviors of Kamigawa or something, <laughs> right? Oh, I started mine during Betrayers. Nice. No, I really didn't. But Savior, I'm so excited for Saviors. My cube is going to get so much better. <laughs> Fast forward to how many cards do you have in your hand? How many cards do you have in your hand? How many cards do you have in your hand? Yeah. How many cards do you have? How many cards do you have? How many cards do you have? So, like, would you rather have somebody ask you how many cards in your hand? Are you going to pay one for that? Or what's your life total at? Okay. <laughs> so, what's your life total is so just my I'm dead. <laughs> or the, you're at 13? Yeah. Ah, crap. Here we go. Yeah, or just like, what are you at? Like, yeah. And it's like, Oh, okay. So in terms of like life investment, I want people to ask me what life I'm at because that means my game is going to end soon and I can get on to better things. Uh, as far as my safety and security in the game, I want people to ask me how many cards I have in my hand. Uh, as far as 
wanting to be less annoyed, how many cards you have in your hand is the last thing I want to hear. Hmm. Because how many cards you have in your hand, how many cards you have in your hand was one of the most irritating things about saviors. Oh God. And then like you would cast a spell with quote sweep. Everybody remember that mechanic? Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that great mechanic. Right. Like, and so then as soon as that would happen, they would be like, okay, so how many cards do you have now? Mm hmm. Yeah. I don't think it was part of the cost at least. Right. Like if they counted it, like you wouldn't get wrecked or anything. I don't think so. You know, charge across the Araba or charge across. I think that was one of the the big ones, right? Uh, Pump your team. Charge across the Araba. Sweep. Return any number of planes you control to your hand. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one this way. Yeah. So it's not part of the cost, it looks like, thankfully. You know, I don't know if I've ever gotten a sweep spell countered in my life. I haven't either. There, I don't remember the counter magic being particularly good in that format. No, no. However, Charge Across the Araba was also an arcane spell. So you could, you know, splice uh, cards on You could, you know, splice your glacial ray onto it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good use for it. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, yeah. speaking of white cards... Anything from Commander in white that you guys would like to uh you'd like to address. There's one card I tried for a while but was was somewhat unspectacular, so I don't necessarily feel the need to mention it, but is there anything you guys had a good experience with? Mm, personally, not really. Like stalking Leonin was okay when I tried it. It was fine. I'm trying to think. I don't uh, I mean, Teferi's Protection is is okay, just because it costs three. But mm-hmm. it wasn't one of those things that I just like I had to have in the cube. So, right, and that's the expensive spell from that set. From yeah, that's the value the, card. The, yeah. the the vampire set, right? The vampire one. Yeah, like I tried uh, Jazal Goldmane for a while. Was that in this it, set? I thought it was pre. It, it's a reprint. It was reprinted so, on the set. It originally came out like in 14, I think. Yeah, I thought so. I was a little confused by the fact that it was there, but I remember trying that. That's the only card literally as I go through this that I remember like anything about. Yeah. The, the way that the card image gallery sets it up is like the new stuff gets shown first and then like it'll go Teferi's protection, then blind obedience and blind obedience afterwards is all reprints. Oh, interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So like, yeah, I think almost like, uh, Someone asked Gavin about like what cards would probably see cube play, and he said something along the lines of Alms Protector probably would have been, but they nerfed it so that Uh-oh. it probably isn't as good anymore. And yeah, like that's yeah, yeah. It's like a fairly fair Notion Thief in white, but it has flash. So I mean, I could see like nabbing a Jace activation that would still be pretty funny. But yeah, it's it's like there's so many good four white white drops. You know, we talk about this all the time. So it's, oh, yeah. if it costs three, eh, I'm not give it a shot. But four, no way. So uh, someone may have uh, hit our podcast with the first blue card listed. Hmm. And that's the, the curse of verbosity. Oh, right, right. 
<laughs> the uh what's this like the uh I don't know it's like howling mine kind of effect like team so <laughs> basically anybody who attacks the player who's who's talking gets to draw a card yeah it, it, the curse cycle is just pretty good in multiplayer but it heads up it's eh, I don't know yeah, have you guys I remember played the curse game I, I think Drew I borrowed one of your decks that has a like a bunch of curses it did. It was that Grixis wizard precon. Yeah. And I was like, what is going on here? Cause I, the last time I probably played multiplayer previous to Memphis was probably like, um, it was probably like my early cube days, probably like 2010. So it had probably been like eight, nine years since I last played multiplayer. Yeah. I remember you got the, uh, the red curse out that I, we might talk about in a minute, but yeah, like it just gives everybody mana. It gives everybody like treasure. So everybody, I forgot who you put it on. They're like, yeah, I'm attacking that guy. But heads up, you're like, well, obviously I'm attacking you. You're the only person I can attack. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Just, you know, it was like this person got attacked. So they got a zombie too or whatever. And it was like, I was mm-hmm. like, what is going on here? <laughs> and it was, and it was so kind of chaos. And like, I was kind of feeling weird that night anyway. Cause like I had gone from St. Louis where it was like 20 degrees to Dallas where it was 70 and then to Memphis where it was like forties and raining. So my brain or my body was just like, what's going on here? <laughs> but yeah, I, like I can't think of much blue stuff in here. Like Magus of the mind is like a, like dollar general version of like mind's desire. And I've, I've, I have no experience with it, honestly. So I have no idea. Yeah, I don't think any of the the blue stuff is particularly uh interesting or good. Um black stuff. There's a cur- curse of disturbance is solid just as another like whatever the curse is, shall- curse of shallow graves. Like it's an upgraded version cuz the dude the zombies don't come tapped. Yeah, I was going to say that they finally moved away from zombies coming in tapped. Or at least some things, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. I want to know who the model was for all the curses and whether or not he's like someone this person does not, the artist does not like. <laughs> Somebody said it was Richard Spencer. They were kidding, but like, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It's got the same. There we go. <laughs> and then somebody named him Gaston because the one where he's in the, uh, the blue one, I guess, where he's got the big mug and he's up talking. Yep. Everybody's looking at him like, what are you saying? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm especially good at expectorating. My favorite line. Huh. Don't remember that line from it, but I don't remember much oh. of it. Oh, yeah. That's the best line. Nobody spits like Gaston. <laughs> I'm especially good at expectorating. Expectorating. That's an that's an interesting word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was always my favorite when I when I was a little kid. I mean, your mom would give you like uh, medicine when you were had a cold, and it's like expectorant, and I'm like, what is that? I'm like looking it up, and it's like, oh right, got it. Hmm. Got it. Uh, all right. So it sounds like Drew wants to talk about the curse of opulence of uh, Richard Spencer making it rain over here. 
Yeah, it would be the like it's it'd be the more playable one just because it's one red and it makes you it kind of ramps you in red and it can so that's yeah it's fine but yeah I just don't know what deck wants it like the red aggro deck doesn't really want it nope it'd be more like a big red or a big boros or something like that like you're trying to get to your like you've got some mid range stuff but you're really trying to get to you know, Thunder Maw or some kind of big angel or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it just seems so, like... And it seems like with those kind of decks, those latter category of decks, like, they're not really attacking in the early stages of the game to ramp stuff out. Like, the only times, really, I've seen them attack is, like, if it's red-green and, it's like, the path is clear, it's like, I'll attack my elf, and you're silently cheering because they're attacking with their elf and not casting something with it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yes! Uh, there's so many games that they go turn one land or more else. I'm like, no. And then turn two, they play a tap land and attack for one. I'm like, yay. I'm, gonna <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> I'm safe. I really wish Crimson Honor Guard A was better, but I guess E kind of when it triggered on the end, like it would trigger on your end step. So it'd be kind of like a weird vortex. Because it would, you know, hit you for four. It's essentially, you know, hit for four whenever. But it's just so awkward because it's kind of like they can Doomblade it or Wrath it. And then you end up taking four, which is weird. And then it just dies. <laughs> it's like the it's like the worst, more expensive Vortex that like they, they really can time it where you're going to take more than them. So, yeah. yeah. Whereas with Vortex, it's almost, yeah, it's usually the opposite. Like usually yeah, they'll take the damage first. Yeah, it's the best part of um, Symmetry in which they always get the brunt first, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you guys ever wind up trying Territorial Hellkite? Yeah, that card's great. That card's real good. Yeah. I I I have very good memories of 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 this card and that the drawback was like not that big a deal because they were mostly dead after you attacked with it. Yeah. It's it's something I tend to see often in just magic evaluation is just like kind of almost like evaluating a card as if like it does its thing and then the game's over like it'll but then on the other side of the spectrum you'll see kind of stuff where there's this drawback and it's like oh but they can't attack you know it gets tapped so then it's only averaging three damage per attack cycle the way i remember viewing it is it's kind of like a hell's thunder or a ball lightning kind of effect where it's a good amount of damage up front. It does its thing. But this kind of just flashes back. Like, you, yes, you can't attack walkers. Okay, whatever, that's fine. It's still a bunch of damage for cheap. And and like you said, it's got like the um, the pack uh, caveat. Like, like, I don't have to pay for my pack if the game ends right now. Yeah. So like, if you play this and you get the six damage and they're dead, it doesn't matter about next turn. So, yeah. I pack of negation you if I'm if I've got lethal on the board. So I uh, was giving someone a my my cube actually emerged from the house yesterday and uh, went with me to the LGS and and I was I was kind of giving the the guided tour of the museum and people were people had no idea that I keep track of the amount of times people die to my packs on the packs and they were <laughs> very amused. <laughs> oh yeah, with like the hash marks. Yep, 
Yep. That my uh, pact of uh, my slaughter pact has like eleven ticks on it. Yeah, I was just gonna ask. I forgot which one had more. I thought it was. Well, the pact negation had more, but then I changed from a regular copy to a foil copy, and that one hadn't killed very many people yet. Mm. But I had the slaughter pact foil from kind of the beginning, so all of the uh, all of the impact it's done. I also have a door. The original door to nothing. This also has a bunch of has like thirty something hash marks on it from people losing the game. Nice, <laughs> nice. But those were all the the non foil ones. But the uh, the foil pact foil black pact has got like eleven ticks on it. But blue pact not so much. Although my favorite blue pact one was uh someone. Oh, I think I cast something that needed to be countered. Something completely absurd. I think I cast like upheaval, and they're like, yeah, no, you know, like pack that, and I'm like. Okay, Tinker for Sundering Titan, blow up your blue sources. <laughs> wow. I was going to ask, like, how much of those hash marks were, like, user error versus, like, um, you can't? It's about 50-50. It's about 50-50. Um, because then it becomes a game of, like, I know they have packed in their deck, so I got to see how I'm going to get them. Yeah, you're like, I'm not going to play this Wasteland pre-combat. I'm going to try and cast something. Watch them pack it with their five lands in play and then go wasteland your volcanic island. Right. Like attack first. And then they're like user saying, you're like, all right, now I'm an Armageddon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, quite a number of them are, are, are just from like getting people, which is kind of nice, but you know, it's also fun to watch people forget as well. Even though I don't know what the exact rules on all that are now, because they they've changed a few times. Hmm. But I prefer to live in a world where if you don't pay for your pack and you draw a card, you die. So that's the world I choose to live in. I think it happened recently where somebody didn't pay for slaughter, or I think it was slaughter pact, and I just like, you know, they went to draw and I just like, just pointed to my slaughter pact and like, pay for it. He's like, oh, whoops, and then just paid for him. Like, all right, cool. Yeah, I've <clears throat> I've done both ways. It depends on how, how the game is. Like with the person, if they're like a really good friend, like I'll totally let them not pay for their pack just so I can rag them for the rest of the weekend. But if it's like <laughs> nice. just somebody that's never drafted my cube, like I don't want them to to lose on the pack trigger. But then they're also having to tap out for that turn. So yeah, it, it it's a case by case basis. But yeah, I see both sides. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I, uh, I, I let someone, you know, at FM, like, they're like, you know, green pack. The next turn, they're like, draw the card. I'm like, you didn't pay for your pact. And they're like, all right. And they paid their four mana. I'm like, uh huh. And obviously died. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, eh, it's FM, whatever. Yeah. But Cube is way more serious than FM. If you want to come true. into this house, you better forget, you better remember your packs. <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> I've, I've got a similar rule where I use the um, the worst Texas promo ever is Cryptic Command. Cryptic Command. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. That's the one I also oh, used to have a crimped copy of that cryptic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's take a card that people didn't know how it worked when it had the words printed on it, and then let's make it without the text. Yep. Yep. 
Let's make it even more confusing. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. How about, uh, so Territorial Hellkite, good. How about green? Have, did you ever try, is it Chemister? I didn't. I did not. No, we got too many good red uh, threes now. We got like a thousand good Rabble Masters now, but back then, I don't think I played it either. Green. Yeah, I wasn't super green. thrilled about it. Wow, green had nothing. It had this cat that is oh just actively worse and, and heads up. So it's a really <laughs> cool art, though. The art is amazing. Yeah, it like, is. Sitting there playing with a little rat, like, yeah, you, you hold on. I'm not hungry yet. It's fine. Aw. So, uh, it is funny against a pack rat deck, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. Protection from rats is so interesting. There's like the weird version of a whatever the 4-4 Dryad, whatever. Naturalists. Mm-hmm. Oh, Conclave Naturalists? Yeah, where this one's like a 3-5 with some trinket text about other cats or whatever. Oh, yeah, Quasily Slingers? Yeah, Kasali Slingers, yeah. Why can't I say Kasali? It's kind of weird because there's a Q but no U, and you don't tend to see that much in in English. True. Ha ha. Well, I was like, I was just going to look up something. Now I can't remember. All right. Dang it. So let's get on to where probably some of the action is. Uh, I know Drew uh, shotgun fractured identity before uh, before we, we, we turned the mics on here. So, I Oh, I know what uh, I was going to look up, and I just mm-hmm. did. Have you all ever heard of a slinger? Like the dish? Like a food? Food? Yeah. I think no. it might just be a St. Louis thing. Okay. No. So it's a. It consists of two eggs, hash browns, and a hamburger patty covered in chili con carne with or without beans. Usually beans. Generally, see topped with cheese and onions. I'm reading that it is considered to be a St. Louis late night culinary original. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like St. A- Louis has got some messed up food things, by the way. Yeah. Like when I heard about that whole thing with the sliced bagel thing, I'm just like, Red I've sliced lived bagels. Come on. Yeah, I've lived here for like a billion years, and I'm just like, I've never heard of this. But like, St. Louis pizza is weird. But, I mean, yeah. I'm uh, I'm I'm down to try the the slinger, but uh, my stomach would probably disagree with me later. But it's fine. It's usually it's, we try it. It's and I think usually when I've had it, it's had toast. But it's I mean, it's a bunch of stuff. It's <laughs> it's like hangover food slash I'm cheap and just want to get something that I'll fill me right. up. So it's the it's the so I heard you like heartburn dish. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's no of, crystals open. Let's go to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like the the Midwestern version of like the uh the like the garbage plate. Right. Um, I've heard of the garbage plate before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's like from Rochester. I only know this because I saw something about it like two days ago. But yeah, that's what I was looking up. I was like slinger, right? <laughs> slinger. And a bunch of other. <laughs> A bunch of irrelevant other stuff. Oh, oh yeah, and I'm, vampire. Glad our, I'm glad our podcast so far has been, you know, <laughs> mostly, yeah, these cards are garbage. However, <laughs> garbage plate. Garbage plate. About garbage plates and who the guy is on the curses. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> By the way, I don't know how we got through black without talking about, like, the, the bad vampire theme, because we snarked about that in the past. Yeah, oh, the, the uh, vampire slash wizard theme going on there. Yeah, like in black, like most of the cards are just bad. Like they have like this 
terrible vampire theme, like New Blood, where it's a control magic. If you have a vampire or bloodline necromancer, you can raise dead a vampire wizard. And like all these cards are terrible. I mean, there was a vampire deck, right? Like, it makes some sense. I mean, in Constructed, sure, but in Cube, it's terrible. <laughs> oh, obviously. And it's like Edgar Markov. I just saw the vampire thing. I was like, oh, I'm surprised we didn't snark about that. Anyway, that's that's my... Uh... Uh, snark, snarking accomplished. Hey, so I heard that in a diners in the uh, Southwest, the snark is actually a plate. It's got some eggs and cheese and... Wow, Sorry, that's a, that's a that's that's some good knowledge. B, that's some really good uh, segue. <laughs> <laughs> nope, com- completely fabricated. But it would be really funny if it were true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, fractured identity, fractured identity. Yeah, it's Let's great. Talk about people should put in their cubes. <laughs> it's uh, it it does kind of get into the spot of one of my favorite cards ever, Venture the Sojourner. Uh, it's a five-mana Azorius card, but it's really sweet. It's a sorcery. It exiles target non-land permanent, and then you get a token that's a copy of it. So it's really strong against really strong cards. Yeah, it does a lot. It's kind of like, at, at worst, it's like a cheaper confiscate. And at best, it's just really huge blowout. Like, it's not... um it's not as good as treachery because you don't untap lands, but then again, there's no way for them to get their card back. Like it just exiles it. So you don't get the blowout yeah. potential of them blowing up your enchantment. Uh, and it's not as good as bribery because it can't go get it out of the deck. But once it's on the board, it's just better than both, I guess, because like I said, you get to exile it. There's no blowout potential and it's a token. So there's not a lot that can be, be done with it, I guess. And you can maybe copy the token i don't know but it's just it's been really good uh they actually have it in the legacy cube right now which i think is the only card from this set in the legacy cube on moto yeah Uh, yeah i think they finally added it yep well and the other part of it too is that uh you're getting any come in the play abilities where you wouldn't get from a treachery or control magic because it's putting Mm -hmm. the the copy into play so Mm -hmm. like the hornet queen thing yeah, like I said, I got a, I got a Hornet Queen with it the other day, and it uh, it saved the game. So pretty good. Also, it's really good at getting Planeswalkers. Like, let them keep ticking up, doing nothing, and then right before the ultimate, it's like, no, I'll take one right on regular loyalty, and we'll just we'll go. So, uh, part of the 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 cube tourism resulted in me stopping on like the Japanese foil uh, word of seizing, and I'm like. This this baby right here can fit so many stolen, ready to ultimate planeswalkers in it. <laughs> the number of times I have taken planeswalkers that were ready to ultimate and then ultimated them instead is f- fairly high, especially Chandra. I can't. There's it's been probably <clears throat> double digit times I've taken control of a eight loyalty OG Chandra with it. And like ten them and all their creatures. I have to say my favorite take their planeswalker ult them story. I actually put a YouTube video of it. It's a little clip from from Magic <laughs> Online. It was uh, Zealous Conscripts. You're about to ult uh, Soren, Lord of Innistrad. Take oh, your, oh. take pop it. Take your Johnny, your Liliana, and I think I got the Soren back. I don't I don't remember how it was. It was it's like it was a three for one and they were all just like ready to go. And I was like, hmm, yep, yep. 
So, so uh, zealous conscripts is, I think, number one in the. Uh, if I had, to, if I had a counter of this was the last spell cast in a game before somebody died. Fair. Mm-hmm. It's probably number one. Number two in my cube is probably, uh, Root Awakening. Not Hoof Boy, hmm? But, uh, <laughs> no, no, uh, it's easily more the, uh, Root Awakening. Well, also, yeah, I guess you don't actually usually cast the Crater Hoof. I mean, you do, but it's sometimes oh. natural order, sometimes green sun. Right, most, right, exactly. Nail, all, all that, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's fair, that's fair. <laughs> but yeah, Zealous Conscript's number one in that department, for sure. Just like, the if I looked at the, you know, the game log, it's like, you know, player A casts Zealous Conscripts. Player B has conceded from the game. Ah, yep. That, that, that is a common game log, that is for sure. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so Fractured Identity, great. Uh, you know, Kess has seen some legacy play, uh, but we, we have so many nickel boluses in to, that are very playable in this color combination. I don't know if any of you guys have, have put in any work with Kess. I tried it out during when it was, when it was like article writing time. It was pretty solid, like essentially. A nice, you know, essentially a more long-term snapcaster if you have time to do it. And most tricolor decks, if you have the way to set it up, usually do. But yeah, it's just, I would rather have a bolus. But, like, it's she's still very good, though. Yeah, so if you guys are tired of the whole uh, bolus storyline and you don't want to see his horny face, you guys could run Kiss, Kess instead. Oh, there you go. Every cast yeah. begins with K. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. They're definitely saying that uh, card has a shot to be in Modern Horizons. Yeah, oh, well, that'd be cool. If nothing else, though, they'll get a non-full copy out there in case somebody wants to play it in Legacy. Yeah. But it would also be playable in Modern. So it'd be, it would definitely... Up the demand for that card. That would be uh, be interesting. It's it's a pretty sweet card. Yeah. Yeah, I was very the first time I got to really see a play, I was just like, wow, this card's actually super solid. It's just a value machine. And mm-hmm. like three, four flyer for four, not embarrassing. Like it's got good creature types. It's right. I was just about to say good creature types as well. So I was just like, okay, okay. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah not bad. All right. Any of these other expensive? I, I look at all these cards and I'm just like, oh my god, there's so many colored mana symbols. Yeah. Like, I tried Miri. Uh, she wasn't bad. Tigam wasn't bad. That's about it. Yeah, Miri's a little interesting, but like suffers from the fact that like green white is so good yep. as a color combination. Ooh, yeah. you you might be able to have an entire cat themed green and white section, and have it be. Oh yeah. Oh, my, my friend's for Funch a lot. He has the Ur Dragon as like a big cheaty thing to put into play, because mm-hmm. you can like cheat it out with a lot of the big cheaty effects, like show and tell and whatever. And it tends to work well with other big cheaty things because, you know, you're not going to have more than one dragon. But like, say you shallow grave this out from the graveyard. 
most of the time you're just going to put something else stupid. It's like, okay, deal with this uh, Emrakul now. It, it doesn't attack, but they have to deal with it or they're de- going to die. And I think uh-huh. that's interesting. Like, it's one of the better... I like it a lot better than, like, Progenitus, because in theory you can hard cast it also, but, like... This it is still just does a, 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, uh... You know... Not much I else, find, though. I, I do find it interesting that there are two Tygum cards. Oh, yeah, yeah. Two, different, two different timelines for Tygum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of a neat little thing, but, you know, that doesn't have anything to do with cube at all. Nah. <laughs> all right. Oh, here's the, the moment. The moment has been waiting for. The moment you've all been, and by you've all been, I mean you, as in be the first letter of Usman, has been waiting for. Hammer of Nazan. Wrong <laughs> 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 H, wrong H, wrong H. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay, take uh, one off the cost and three off the equip. Let's go. Uh, Harold's horn <laughs> artifact. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, Heirloom Blade's just a really good card. Like, I, I don't know, like, if the term pet card. Like, whenever I hear the term pet card, it's usually in reference to a card that somebody likes a lot more than they should, relative to how good it is. Like. I don't know if somebody really liked. It's like a guilty pleasure for a song. Like you know, it's not a big. You know, it's not a good card. You know, it's not a good song, but you like it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Heirloom Blade is just good. Like it's it's a card I really like, and it's just a really good card. Like I remember uh, there was a legacy event that uh, uh, Sam, aka Aristic Studies, came into St. Louis for. Oh, hello, y'all here? We are. Mm-hmm. I heard him. I heard something. Mic, uh, yeah, like that again. It kind of like weird microphone sound. Never mind. Stop I'll punching your microphone. God, not me. I ain't doing anything. <laughs> but yeah, um, Sam, aka Rustic Studies, was in town for a uh, legacy event, and we drafted uh, Jeremy, aka Missouri Magic's cube. He drafted. He had a draft pod with him, his cube, and then we had a ten man with uh, Sam in the draft pod. And I think I, somebody was like looking at heirloom blade is kind of weird. And I think I crunched the numbers because usually I keep my three O's like I take pictures of them. And I said within the last like year, I think heirloom blade has the most, not the most three O's, but pretty close. It's like definitely high tier for the most three O's in like the last year for equipment with the other ones being like, you know, the, like the god tier stuff like GTA and sort of Fire and Ice or whatever. I could probably crunch the numbers for the last year, like looking at them, but I remember when this card came out, there was a lot of comparisons with uh grafted war gear because it's like it gives plus three power, and then there's this wall of text because it's like tribal and who cares? This card's terrible, and it has equip one. So you know, we got a bunch of three mana equipment already, so why do I want a gr- worse grafted war gear? So for the past like four years, I've been taking pictures of my three O decks just to have a good snapshot of my meta. And I looked when I looked at this card, I'm like, okay, this card seems interesting. I'm gonna look at like the tribal makeups of my decks, and I, I'm, in theory, I'm gonna remember to link this the article in the show notes. In reality, I probably won't, but I remember looking at a lot of like the three O decks and looking at a lot of the matches and thinking like, okay, here's this like most of these match like about half, 
and then being like, okay, this has about about half of the match. This one has about three quarters, like two thirds, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And being like, okay, this card's got some legs. I'm going to try it out. And yeah, it's just been really good. I remember um, when I went to Memphis, I, you know, I got a bunch of heirloom blades and I was just like, all right, I'm going to give them out to people who haven't tried it out when I'm giving out third power tokens. And I think after I finally figured out where Drew and Zakil were, I'm like, all right, here's a token. Do you have heirloom blade in your cube? And I think both of them said no. I'm like, all right, well, here you go. <laughs> so there's, so there's that. I have a sweet Japanese one now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's same, nice. same. Yeah, and a jeweled amulet now. Oh yeah, jeweled amulet's great too. Yeah, the shadow's cranny for that tech. Very, yeah. Yep. So like uh, later that day, this was on Friday. Uh, we do a rotisserie draft, and we, uh, I think. I asked Drew if he can put it in because it's like it's a rotisserie, so it's like exact numbers probably aren't a huge thing. And he's like, okay, so I'll do that. And I draft probably one of the most gross decks I've ever drafted ever. And like, you know, it's a very solid, like mono blue, pretty tempo y deck. Like a bunch of cantrips, uh, you know, time walk. I think my first pick was like I think it was a Mox Jet, and then I think I wheeled the Time Walk, you know, on the second. Which is strange in itself. Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird too, and somehow got a mana drain. Did, did I did I just hear the phrase "wheeled the Time Walk"? You did. Yeah, it was in a rotisserie though, so it's okay, everybody okay. went in their lane and they went hard. Yeah, yeah, I don't think anyone wanted to jump into or change colors. But... Yeah, so like I kind of crafted the deck, you know, got a bunch of like. And this is the first time I've ever done like an IRL rotisserie draft. So I was like, okay, like, you know, p- table talk definitely seems to help with that. But I was ended up in this mono blue deck and I was just like, it's about five picks left. And I don't know if most of these other people know if heirloom blade is good. So do I take it now or do I take it at the very end? Because this whole time I've been crafting like heirloom blade chains, like, True name nemesis. Merfolk rogue. Pestermite. Fairy rogue. <laughs> and I think this is actually the first time everything matched. Like, most of the time when I've seen Heirloom Blade, and in, in mostly, that's pretty much an aggro decks, kind of same with uh, Grafted War Gear. I think about half the match, or like three quarters. Like, there's definitely some misses, and that's fine. You know, whatever. Life goes on. But like everything matched in this deck. Yeah. Like there's a bunch you of had, humans, a bunch of I'm sorry, go ahead. You had a hit for everything. Everything had at least two hits, I think. Yep. There was a what was the horror? Because there was a match uh, for Spellskite. Oh, and Phyrixian Revoker. Revoker, yep. That was the that was the combo. Yeah, so there was like five packs were left and out picks were left, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take it now. And then for for my last five picks, I took like some sideboard stuff like uh, like a control magic and a phantasmal image. And the only game that I lost was versus Jeremy. He had like this mono white kind of death and taxes, kind of mid rangey kind of deck where I got Geddon twice. And the irony is that I lost because I got land flooded. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> I'm playing all these lands. I'm like, I can't, I can't do anything with these. I'm just going to die. <laughs> but yeah, just like, 
Also, I think if you have a cube, one of the best things you can do is to take pictures of your decks. Like, it's 2019. You, I would be shocked if you didn't have a cell phone with a decent camera. So use it. Like, even if, like, before when I used to do this, like, my, I scratched up my lens because I didn't use a case, like a dummy. So, like, my lens got all messed up. So I just used Moto. And now I kind of do that just out of, consistency but i remember when i looked at those decks before i played heirloom blade just as kind of a how good could this card be and seeing that it was a good match i was like okay let's try it out and then it was just very good oh, oh yeah also i had arcane savant with uh with tooth and nail that was that was pretty nice <laughs> yeah this card's great Yeah, I haven't been able to play it yet, but I'm very excited to try. And I think I lost to you at Memphis when we were playing. If I didn't lose, I definitely saw you win quite a bit with this card. So. We uh we didn't have like an actual game, but we had or, you know, a tournament game, but we played like a YOLO match. Mm-hmm. And I think we did a I think I forget how I won round game one, but I think I V clicked and then saw because you were on like pestermite comp or you're on yeah yeah because yeah. i stole your pestermite because i'm yeah. a bad person <laughs> but it was actually good in my deck like i played it for a specific or took it for a specific reason i'm like i'm not going to get deceiver back but whatever that's fine but like i think i v clicked you and then took one of your pieces for your twin combo i think i tucked zealous conscripts and then i played arcane savant on five and then uh, tutored for spell skite and venser I'm just like, you have to kill me now or you're never going to win. <laughs> and then you're, you're like, okay. <laughs> like, I was like, attack you with all these 2-2 guys. The one thing that I think is a little awkward about Heirloom Blade is whenever you have it in your deck and you have it equipped to a creature, you have to know what's, what the matches are in your deck. Because like with a lot of other equipment, it's just like, if that happens you can just do the effect without really thinking about it or even in general often like your what is that like your solemn simulacrum dies okay i'll draw a card you know it doesn't really require any much thought it's just like okay do it but sometimes with heirloom blade if you don't really know what's in your deck you can just reveal nothing and just reveal your deck to your opponent which is a little awkward but provided you know what's in your deck you're going to be fine like I think I just happened to know what the matches were just because I was able to craft the deck. It's just like Snapcaster Mage. Okay, what are my matches? Okay, let's see. Uh, how does this work get, with Mirror Entity? Like, how does this work with Changelings? Uh, you just get anything. You just, the okay. first creature the you next get. Hit. Yeah. I didn't know if it was only on the battlefield kind of effector or not. I believe it's just any, whatever creature type it matches. So as long as it, you know, hits whatever, then it just gets the next creature. It's kind of like Evolutionary Leap. In that in that regard, nice. And also, it's just very easy to just put on something else too, which I thought is nice too. Whenever I've been trying it out, it's just like being able to just move it for so cheaply. And when the creature dies, it's just like okay, like you can't get what exactly you want. Like in that deck, for example, like my wizards were Snapcaster, V Click, Venser, Shaper Savant, and Arcane Savant. <clears throat> 
And like if I equipped it, it was pretty much just YOLO. Like if my Snapcaster died in combat, I didn't care because it did its job. And it's like, okay, any of these are fine. Like I don't need any specific thing. But, you know, if I get my V-click, okay, sure. That's cool. Got a Venser? Okay, that's fine. You know, whatever. And then like aggro dice, it's really nice too, just because you can move it around so cheaply. But yeah, if you don't have one, it's 2019. Get one of these for your cube. <laughs> that was my TED talk. So, in the Mirror Entity Oracle notes, there's some you know notes from 20, 2007 about activating it for zero, uh, activating it for the second time overwrites the first time. Then there's a note in 2013 that says, examples of creature types include Sliver, Goblin, and Soldier. Creature types appear after the dash on the type line of creatures. Hmm. I'm glad, glad that I cleared that up. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> I just like how it came out. That note came out like six or seven years after the card came out. It must have coincided with one of the reprintings is my guess. <laughs> Because I know so it was weird. reprinted. I think it was reprinted in Commander the, uh, 2013. Yeah. So they must have added that because we were like, I have no idea what Changeling means. I know this card says this card is every creature type at all times. But what are creature types? Mm-hmm. Well, examples of creature types include jellyfish. Jellyfish. Uh, boy. Uh Okay. Uh, what's the next set? I'm trying to think. I was about yeah, to say, I there's really anything else here. Yeah, yeah, there are there are no lands or anything like that, really. So, blood for that battle, I think, bad. It's just, it's one of those it, things where it's, it's like no heirloom blood. No, I mean, a few things are honestly. Let me check. Like, I'm gonna run. The, I'm gonna check the numbers real quick on my equipment, but it's been it's been on kind of a tear lately in the Agridex. See if we can find it. Okay, so Let's just so people don't back. think you're crazy, if you're running an aggro deck, would you rather have you only have one skull clamp or heirloom blade? I, I'm pretty sure skull clamp, but okay, cool. I would, <laughs> but it, but it does like have like it kind of it, like I remember when I first tried it, someone was like this this is kind of like skull clamp. I'm like yeah, it, yeah, it it's like not as good in some ways, but it's better on the actual aggro part of it because you know like like you said you put it on a spell scout, it became like a three five. Mm-hmm. Plus, guy yeah. doesn't have defender. Like you nope. can bash there for three. It's great. You know, everybody thinks like, oh, that must be a wall. No, it's not. But anyway, but yeah, it's uh, it has a lot of similarities to skull clamp, just not you know bannable in most formats. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Like, just not completely banned in every format where creatures matter a lot. Yeah, it's kind of like a fixed skull clamp. We'll call it that. Yeah, I think most of the time, whenever like I would rather have heirloom blade in my in a cube deck than like. Sort in an aggro deck than like sort of feast and famine because it's just a lot more it's a lot more clean and efficient in that regard. Yeah, I want sort of feast and famine in my decks that have that are that have spells in addition to creatures. Like if I'm just a creature heavy aggressive deck, then like I would rather have one of the other ones. But like I the, all the tempo type decks that you want to be able to cast spells to like instants and things like that. Uh, I prioritize feast or famine so that way I can get my crack in and, you know, cast my stuff main phase and then still have spells to react, uh, on their turn. Fair. Um, well, you know, it's the great segue of 
this is a card that looks good in tribal decks because it cares about creature types. A tribal set was Ixalan, which had dinosaurs and pirates and conquistador vampires. <laughs> yeah. Right. And there was the whole, you know, you had to vote for who was going to actually win, which tribe was going to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did that happen? How did that work out? The, uh, oh, wait, it was the, uh, what's his name? It was, uh, shoot, why can't I remember who won? I remember reading the story. Uh, or. Want to say it was not the Legion. The Legion did not win. The Conquistadors did not win. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what was the whole thing called? The, the city was called what again? The Golden City? Not yeah, Eldorado. Golden city or something. Yeah. Araska is Kanta. Araska. Yeah. And then the middle thing, uh, shoot, shoot, shoot. Um, yeah, the, the race for Arazka, I think was a big part of it. Vote for control of the golden city. I'm pretty sure it was Kumena who, uh, I think it was the, the, the merfolk who won, but. Oh, okay. But I'm not sure. Doing some, uh, I found the thing about voting for the, a link for a vote for control of the Golden City, but not who actually won it. Maybe it's on Gamepedia. Let's see who won. Yeah, that's where I looked for the magic sets. So that, that works. Kumena was the first person to reach it. But then, Vana and uh, Maverin Fane threw him out of the window. Like like Jazzy Jeff? Right. (laughs) 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 You want to take the window or the stairs? (laughs) The stairs. I think that was from I'm Gonna Get You, Sucka. Uh, That sounds right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can't remember who actually like won the vote because I just remember at the end, it's like surprise. This is actually a big elaborate plot and everything got jacked up anyway. So, hmm. Cause the immortal son, Tezzeret took the immortal son away. Oh yeah. Yep. yep. Anyway, speaking so- of vampire conquistadors, Here's the thing. Adanto Vanguard, I just can't make myself play it. I just can't. May I ask why? I like the one from the next set that we'll talk about later, the 2-1 that gets flying later. It's great. But it's. I, I would just rather have um, the Battle Cry one from Mirrodin Block, uh, Scar's Mirrodin Block. Um why am I blanking on the name of that card right now? A Dante or a quarter paladin. A quarter paladin. I would just rather have a quarter paladin. And I'm not saying you can't have both, but like I've got a lot of two cost white weenie cards. And this one, like it hits a little harder, but like most of the time, if I'm losing my white weenie deck, it's because I lose races and paying four to give it indestructible. And then they exile it in response. I'm just like, great. Just awesome. So I don't know. I don't, I I'm the opposite. I would. I'm kind of the opposite. I would much rather have Adanto Vanguard than I. I actually caught uh, a quarter paladin for Adanto Vanguard. <laughs> Fair. 
<laughs> I don't have a big token theme though either. So I don't have like some of the more back end value on the battle cry. Um, like they just made I, it I next have, to token battle cry. I've been very impressed with Danto Vanguard. Yeah. Oh, by the way, for the last few minutes, I've been crunching the numbers for the most th- uh, 3-0s equipment. Number one, Grafted War Gear. Yes. Yeah, that card's absurd. Number two, Skull Clamp. Uh-huh. Number three, Umizawa's Jite. Oh, sh- shockers. Shockers, all of them. Shockers, all of them. <laughs> Number four, Heirloom Blade. Hey, justification behind three nutso bombs. Yep, and the other, I think, number five is split between Sword of Fire and Ice and Bone Splitter. So yeah, there you go. Do, do you remember when there was a world where people just didn't run Crafted War Gear and we had to like talk about it a bunch? Yeah. Like, hey, by the way, you guys should really run. Hey, guys, by the way, should really run this card. <laughs> it's it's really dumb. Hey, guys, by the way, yeah, you don't care that the creature gets killed when you move it. Because it's reusable, permanent, virtual giant growth all the time. Mm-hmm. Out of curiosity, where did Batter School rank? Uh, it was pretty low. Like I think it only had like a couple. Wow. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of low. I guess it's not really. It's more of just a value creature. But yeah, it was kind of low down there, which kind of surprised me too. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, that's also, like I said, you get to see those kind of things too when you keep like pictures of your decks. Is like, there was a time I was going to cut Firebolt from my cube. I was just like, because it's like an innocuous card, doesn't really, it's not like the rock star of any decks. Like when you talk about like this amazing deck you drafted, nobody's like, yeah, I had Firebolt. Yeah. But <laughs> I looked at my 3 O's, I'm like, okay, let's see how representation wise is doing. It's like, you know, duh, 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 duh. I'm like, this. Card's been doing decent, you know. It's gonna get a decent number three oh, so and then of course I started noticing it more. I'm just like, yep, of course. Yeah, what's better than one shock? One later. Right. <laughs> Otherwise known as two. <laughs> <laughs> one plus Right, one plus not zero. One. So not negative one either. Yeah. So 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 uh so yeah, Adanta Vanguard thumbs up, Drew thumbs down, Usman thumbs up, Zakiel. Uh oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um I think I'm thumbs up too. Actually, sorry Drew. Like I, I like it. It's just <laughs> let's let's be honest, like when it comes to a lot of things, like I've I run I think nine uh white one drops and I run a lot of equipment, but like I don't run crafted warrior or Danto Vanguard. So what it's 2019. <laughs> yeah. But but guess what? If I put it in my cube, it's going to make me sad. You know why? Cause people will not pick it. Like that's where you, that's the, where you, the, mono you red pick deck, it the mono red deck is open every draft. The white weenie deck is like, usually has to be a get in or death and taxes style, not just straight aggro or nobody will draft it. Cause just nobody, in in the people that draft it with me, like just that's not what their jam is. They want to like combo off, hoof somebody, burn. Like if they were gonna do, it, they're gonna like lock somebody down with like Thalia and Lodestone Golem and stuff like. That. So I, I see it. It's just 
if you're not just going straight beat down, like War Gear's not as good as I don't know, like a lot of the other equipment. It's a lot less dirtily than it has much less dirtle potential than the other equipment. Hmm. And my other big problem is I'm a cycle person. Like if there's three of the five in there, I'm probably going to have them all in there and I have to have all five swords. What about uh, sword of X and Y? So what about Dungeons and Dragons? Don't have that one. That's good. <laughs> uh, uh, I, news, news flash. I have all five swords and the grafted war gear. Boo! <laughs> I have those. Oh, jeez. I think I have those, Wargear, Heirloom Blade, and I think I'm running Aethersphere Harvester, which has been doing pretty nicely for me lately. Yeah, that one's fine. Yeah. We talked about that last episode. It's we sure like, did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say it's been so long. <laughs> <laughs> we sure did. Yeah, the, uh, I should really cut War and Peace cards just in the, it's definitely but. the worst performing sword. Right? <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I, I am also a cycle person. At some point, I may break myself of that. But well, I, I, that, yeah, I say that today. Yeah. In, in the same breath, like I only run two packs, black and blue, of course. Oh, no, 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 no. That, no come on now. Let's be. The other ones don't count. They're, uh, let's yeah, be that, real. I don't consider that like a, a thing for the, the green of the Titan. The green one's not bad. Like, Sometimes it's nice to just get another copy of your big dude that matters because sometimes in your green ramp decks, essentially it boils down to the few creatures that matter. And sometimes you just want to get that Thrag Tusk or get that Titan. Or oh, whatever. no. The, the green one is certainly third on the list. Yeah. Well, and also there, there's a lot more green things that do that where like yeah. there's, there's only, you know, so many free black removal spells. Yep. <laughs> and, I don't know, like, you don't usually have to, have to search up the green dude at instant speed for free. You can, I guess, but, like, you can green sun zenith for it or natural order for it. And there's a lot more replaceable things, whereas, like, I don't know, the free black removals. But I guess there's, what, snuff out? Snuff out? Right, yeah, but even then, you know, snuff, yeah. Even then, it's, quote, free. Yeah. And I don't know. Um, but what are you talking about, like, Intervention pack prevents damage from a source of your choice, and you gain life. Uh, I, I want packed the Titan because who doesn't want a four-four red giant? So, Instant speed, yeah. a Fomori a nomad or whatever. Yes, instant speed Fomori nomad. Maybe if you run like a hive, uh, hive, a hive mind or whatever in your cube, then you can jam all the uh, jam all the packs. I would definitely do that if I ran up that, that you found the, the line. That's the line. We did it. We worked. It, it would take that. So. We did it. <laughs> what do you guys think of Ixalan's binding? Uh. So the big problem with this is that it's the meddling mage problem. There's only one copy in your deck. Mm-hmm. The Highlander. So literally, it's just a spell that costs four mana that there's lots of three mana versions of it. And there's no text on the end, the, the back end of the card. Yep. I think between the, what's the four mana convoke one? Or is a conclave, uh, tribunal? tribunal. Yeah. Does that, is that a banishing effect? It is. Yeah, I think it's I a non, yep, non land permanent. 
I think there are a couple better options compared to. Yep. It suffers from the Legion Conquistador problem. I'm going to look for my deck for more. Uh... Mm. Never mind. <laughs> However, one blue card you got, uh, one white card you guys all should be running, and I've been pounding this drum for a while, is uh, Settle the Wreckage. Yeah, that's a good one. Card is really good. It's yeah. so much fun to get somebody with it. Like, you don't even care about ramping them at that point because this is the got them. Yeah. yeah, like you're not settling someone's, you know, two one for two unless you're at two life. But <laughs> so you're always fine with the trade off of like, hey, would you like to turn all these creatures into basic lands? Why, yes, I would. Thank you for asking. <laughs> it's it's a nice like access to to represent like an instant speed wrath to have like even in a cube is interesting too it's just like your opponent's at two and two white and you attack if a settle isn't in your cube they're they can't expect a wrath which i think is interesting uh, yeah i remember like it got it was in that leak and i just dismissed it because it was you know it was just yet another four mana card and i Seeing this card do well kind of taught me some lessons in terms of like try not dismissing stuff as much because it got previewed really early too. I was just like, how did I not catch this? But yeah, I think that's something to keep in mind too. Is just like there is competitiveness in casting costs, but it's not like a curve in a cube has to be like super sacrosanct or can't be changed. And I think that too, which of course, all a lot of it came come from this whole settle thing is being more malleable with your converted mana costs. Because I think a lot of the times when people do changes in their cube, it's just like, I'm going to cut this three for a three or cut this four for a four. And you're kind of doing a disservice to your cube if you only do those kinds of changes. Mm-hmm. Granted, if you say you cut like, if you cut two two drops for two titans, that's going to change some things in your white section, but you know, there's probably other ways to mitigate that change too. If it comes down to it. Well, um, along that line, the card I actually cut when I put settle the wreckage in was route. Um, and I never wanted to cut route because I had a sweet, uh, Elish Norn art full from conspiracy. And I just really liked the art and the flavor text and all that. Great. Yeah. That art is great. It's mm-hmm. another got him, you know, in a control deck. You're like, yeah, I'll get to seven mana and just cast it at instant speed. But, you know, a lot of times I cast it for five. And then they came out with this, and I'm like, do I care about the lands if it costs three less? No. No, I do not. I think this uh, – it's just <laughs> it's done a lot better. Uh, sweet art aside, it's it's really good. I'm glad I made the switch. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it, it all it took for me was to watch at the midnight pre-release someone cast it multiple times in a match, and I went, "Oh no, oh no, this card is, this card is legit." So, so we've been the, pounding the drum for that one. A card's so good. The best cube story for this I've seen was okay. Somebody uh, ulted the Nissa, the um, World Waker, the one that goes and gets lands and makes them all four fours. And the person <laughs> let them do it, and then they attacked with their seven last basics forest out of their deck. Their seven <laughs> four fours, and they go settle, and they're like, 
oh my. <laughs> they, they, they went and got one planes and put it in the play tab. <laughs> it was just, it was so savage. <laughs> oh boy. There's another uh, white card that I've actually been pretty impressed with, which is Legion's Landing. Um, I played with this in the, 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 uh, Legacy Cube actually recently, and I kind of, glossed it over when it first came out, but it's pretty strong. I actually like it. It's uh it's so much better than what was that? There's a black one drop enchantment that gives you a zombie, but then if you don't Sar- have a zombie Sarcomancy. No, Sarcomancy. Sarcomancy. Yeah. It makes Sarcomancy feel so bad. Like it just goes up in the corner and cries. It's like, I wish I flipped to a land and did something useful later in the game. <laughs> yeah, as opposed to you're taking damage now. <laughs> it's like, oh they just killed my zombie. I have no zombies. Hmm. Yeah, Legion's Landing is 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 one I I added a, kind of a little bit after the fact. It was just kind of like I kind of doubled back around for it. Yeah, card's very good. I'm I was surprised at how useful the mana ramp ability was, even in aggressive decks. Like I remember when I was trying it out during you know article writing season, like seeing some really low to the ground red white aggro decks, or you know mono white or white aggro decks in general being able to use the extra mana pretty well, like I'll put, take this sword and then put it on something. It's like, you don't really think of extra mana because I mean, it's not often that you play 17 lands in your white aggro deck because you don't want to get land flooded, but even the ability to be a quote unquote bad Keldorn outpost is quite useful. And was something that really thankfully surprised me with that card. This yeah. most recent iteration of the Legacy Cube has made me appreciate Lifelink a bit more. Like anything that's a bit more creature focused. Um, not that I think Lifelink is like above and away an amazing mechanic, but just the like random trade offs is like if you get the, so you get your initial token and then say you activate it once, you know, I'd say on average you probably activate it once per game. And even just that two life can do a lot for, for uh, smaller decks. Yeah, especially if you were just like chumping a, a five power creature like you netted maybe 10 or 12 life at that point and it just extends the game and just gets to your bombs and it's uh it's i I like the whole flip cycle from this set um probably more than i should but there's like the red ones like just okay and the black one's not good but the the white blue and green ones are all just really good and then also there's a colorless um treasure map so all the oh, yeah. into lands that do things, I've just been really happy with. Yeah, I've been pleasantly surprised with. I actually think it happened like on on Tuesday that I had like a black white aggro deck that had Legion's Landing, and I think the life gain prevented me from dying to my own mana crypt. I also got lucky <laughs> on two flips in a row where I was on death's door, and then exactly three life, and I was just like safe. I'm like, thank God. I was like, safe, thank God. And then just like attack with some random dudes to just get to four life. And I was like, all right, I'm safe. Well, do you guys want to move on ahead into blue and we can start with search for Ezkanta? I was going to say, Kanjali Sunwing isn't bad. Like, I think that's a little underrated just as a a dollar general version of, uh, what's that? Imposing Sovereign? Like, it's not bad. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's fine. It's it's one more mana, but it's a two three with flying. So I would 
almost rather have that, but doesn't Sovereign also some, make something else come in tapped? I forget. Well, that's it's also Italia. a human. So. Yeah. That has some. Yeah, Sovereign is either two or Thalia gives you the extra effect for the same mana cost without flying. Yeah, right. Sovereign costs two and Big Thalia stops creatures and non-basics. And has first strike. Yeah. Like, this is definitely worse than both of those, but hmm. I think it's still solid. Like, I've tried it off and on. It's been pretty decent. I bet you it looks neat in foil. Oh. Yeah, it oh, yeah. That's Here's a lot colors. of colors. It's good stuff. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, talking about Search for Escantum, as far as, like, the flip lands, this was the one that really everybody kind of jumped on because it's, I don't know, it lets you dig through your deck, and you, it does something really good on the flip side or the front side every turn, whereas, like, Legion's Landing, you know, you just get the one token, and then you, if you don't flip it, then it just sits there with this always does something and it's a may ability so you know you just cycling through your deck is or uh, filtering through your deck is just a lot of value that people overlook sometimes i want to say it was underrated for a decent amount of time like i remember it picking was. one up on the cheap because yeah, it, it was like two or three bucks i'm just like for a couple of months for sure yeah then they it started seeing playing modern and then you couldn't find one like yeah. anywhere <laughs> so my favorite part of magic is comparing this card to Think Tank. Yep. So Think Tank was literally a three-mana version of the same card that didn't have a backside. Yep. And Think Tank was no joke in Odyssey Limited either, because we had both Threshold and Flashback. So... That's pretty good. There were there was some extra value even if you bin things, but you know this one you know it's amazing how search is like oh yeah it's good for threshold flashback and oh when you get to seven of them you can then start looking for cards in your deck and you know drawing extra cards a turn. Well, it's also a may which as only it comes up like probably less than five percent of the time, but the may is huge like you can just keep digging instead of having. Oh yeah, yeah. Alternatively, too, if you're in constructed, you can actually play the second one that's in your hand and just having a, you know, just have the think tank effect while you still have in the Ascanta land. Oh, wow. So, cause you know, decks often run two or three of them. And then you're just like, often you get stuck with the second one in hand when the first one flips, but you're just like, yeah, whatever. I'll play it. Like, as long as I don't have to like need cards in my hand to discard or whatever, like it's just an extra value effect. Mm-hmm. Keep digging. All right, uh, Charter Course. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a real good one. I think also slightly underrated on like initial release. Um, this card is really, really good. <laughs> well, because the thing is, it goes in two different decks. And I just like in the aggro deck, it's just card advantage, which you may need. You know, like you got a blue white, you know, just turn sideways deck. Or the deck I put it in all the time is my reanimator style decks. I just cast it main phase so I get to pitch Gristlebrand and then, then we're off to the races. Yeah, card's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's just a draw two for two. And like, if you have a discard a card, okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. Whatever. Uh, other cards that uh, you guys have had any success with, I uh, I tried um, 
a couple different ones. I tried spell swindle for a while because I thought it was just really interesting. Um, but I also, I haven't found a foil one yet to really try it, but there's part of my brain that really likes Siren Storm Tamer. Yeah, I was going to actually talk about this card. I think this card is pretty decent. I haven't been able to try it in cube either, but on paper, it seems, I don't know, I, this seems very, very, this seems worth my time to say the least. Yeah, I, I think it was one of those cards I tried out during, again, to sound like a broken record, it was something I tried out during preview season, and it it was, you know, solid, but it was one of those cards that's like, it only, it mainly goes in the tempo decks. I didn't really see it as like a, you know, miser's control deck, you know, as like a miser's way to protect your finisher, because it's just... That deck doesn't really want a one mana one one flyer when it's not having its uh when it doesn't have its big finisher, whereas like the tempo decks don't care because it's just like attacking. But it was it was solid. It was solid, it was just mainly just a room thing for me when I tried it out. Again, broken record, but that was me and my experience with it. Any other blue cards you guys want to touch on briefly or not so briefly? I have a bone to pick with a blue oh. card that I've seen here that is now made a resurgence in modern magic. And I want to hear you guys' opinion because I'm very opinionated about this card. Okay. Opt. What is your opinion on opt? Okay. In general or in cube? We'll start, we'll start in cube. No, thank you. Yep. I have too many better things to be doing with one mana. I want to be preordaining and pondering and all this other kind of stuff. And op just doesn't interest me very much. Um, as far as cube goes, um, maybe that's incorrect. Maybe if I supported just like a spells matter archetype more where I just want to be generating a bunch of velocity, but I've owned, you know, foil ops for as long as I've had my cube and it's never occurred to me to put this card in it. Mm hmm. Drew, now, yeah. oh, pardon, it's, pardon me, go ahead. Oh, yeah, keep going. Yeah, um, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I, I was going to say, like, it's, let, let's think about it. It would not see play in modern if Preordain and Ponder were not banned. Um, it is better, I think, than Serum Visions, but outrun Serum Visions in the cube either. Correct. So it's, it's an instant speed, which I, which I, is the only thing that would possibly make it playable. Cause like you maybe hold up a counter spell, oh, they didn't play anything, fine, I'll opt. But it's just like the actual like look at something, draw one card, replacing itself is just without really setting much up. It's I, it's like definitely fourth or fifth among one mana blue card draw. Right, because you also have like a taxi and probe as well, which also banned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is I just like I'd rather have that in a storm deck, for example. So yeah, it's opt is just I, if you're playing opt, I hope you have just a modern cube and I I think yeah. so I don't think it's like a horrifically bad card i just think maybe because of availability and like popular resurgence of it being in standard just more people are running it kind of by default but i've just i've seen this card literally everywhere and i'm like no no there are so many better cards to play um i don't know i, I don't know I, i've just been frustrated it's in the legacy cube too i'm just like can we come on 
<laughs> right. There, there are just, there's a, a list of cards that are better. And, you know, and I think they, I, I think magics, the, the, the magic online cube uses other factors than just like win rate, loss rate. I think they, they certainly have told that they try to emphasize more current cards. So that way there's a sense of, there's a stronger sense of familiarity to go alongside older cards that players may or may not know. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe it's, you know, like when you have to bring, you know, you bring someone else along on like a, uh, a second date as a security blanket or, you know, like, Hey, I have to go to this, you know, function. Hey, will you come with me? <laughs> I don't really know anybody there, but at least that way I'll know you. Maybe opt is like the ex-girlfriend that you're still friends with. You still <laughs> hang out once in a while. I like that analogy. <laughs> But the the only reason I like it in modern, and this is going to be uh, uh, one of those corner case things, but I've seen it happen too often, is in the blue-white control decks that were running actual miracle cards like Terminus. Yeah, if you so got you Terminus, Terminus on their turn. Or even Temporal Mastery. But yeah, that's, that's a, a, a line you could take for sure. I've seen it run there. So anyway, all right. So box over, but uh, <laughs> just yeah. I'm mostly with. I'm I'm pretty with you on that one. Yeah, like it's it's fine. It it's kind of filler. Yeah, I haven't seen it for like years, and now suddenly I feel like I'm seeing it everywhere. But anyway, so it goes. <laughs> All right, how about some black cards here? There's like a lot of black cards that I've played, and I've been like, yeah, okay, but not like blown away. There's a couple that I do like. Um, one in particular, or two in particular that I like a lot. But a lot of the, a lot of the pirate cards are just like, they've all been okay. The one that I've liked the most is, uh, is, uh, Booty. <laughs> the Freebooter? Yeah, free uh, really good for me. That's, that's, that's my favorite amongst them, uh, amongst the like Freebooter, Fathom Fleet Captain, Dire Fleet Ravager. There's the one in one of these, a uh, Ruin Raider. You know, like I've kind of tried all of them and they're all just like, eh, eh, it's fine, I guess. But, uh, Booty 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 is, uh, has been, has been very nice. Yeah, like that card was, I remember it was kind of dismissed because it like doesn't hit everything that Mesmeric Fiend does and why do you care about two toughness or so whatever? But yeah, this flying. Oh yeah, I yeah. was gonna say, I'll take the flying over the other stuff. Like I, yeah. that, like I, I play Mesmeric Fiend and then it has to sit there, which is still fine, but Kite Sail has gotten on average, I think, two or three damage every time I've played it. Mm hmm. Yeah, especially nice versus like opposing walkers. Like I'm gonna get in some chip shots. Sure. Yeah, freebooter is is makes mesmeric fiend kind of embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll still I still like the black white artifact version. That's a two two. Todd Holland. Yeah. But the sculler, but uh, even though it's a quote lazy swap. It was a real easy one, just that felt like an upgrade from Mesmeric Fiend to Freebooter. And the, you know, the pirate part probably doesn't matter, but the human part definitely the could. The human part, however, yes. 
you know, it, well, you know, it's one of those incidental things, right? Like in my cube, there's just over the years, like the human theme has just gotten stronger and stronger, like, you know, starting in white and stretching throughout. So it's just like, all right, let's just add two more cards and lean into it way more. And now we have a sub theme that you can follow that makes the drafting portion more interesting with, you know, champion of the parish and, and Talia's lieutenant. Like this is now way more interesting. Uh, that can go across colors. You know, in black, there is a zombie theme, not a vampire theme. A zombie theme that you can push on with grave crawler and things like that with just a couple, you know, little adjustments and, you know, things like, uh, restless. Was it, was it restless that which is the, the one with the broken stained glass window in the background that's at mythic from relentless dead? Relentless Dead. Like, there's yeah. just, like, little lines that you can take through there and push that whole thing while still having, you know, just having an, uh, an attacking black deck that also plays into the Grey Merchant thing. Because all those zombies have black mana symbols in their cost, and as it turns out, Grey Merchant is also a zombie. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's all these nice little sub-themes that you can look out for, and I think we'll we'll see... As we keep going forward, that the the human thing is going to keep mattering more and more, because apparently every plane has humans. Yeah, I yeah, wonder I if on a different world, if like Merfolk have invented Magic the Gathering, and like Merfolk is the tribe that shows up in every planet and <laughs> every plane. Yeah, or elves or whatever. Right, right, right. Like, is there an alternate universe somewhere where that exact thing is happening? I think they didn't show up in Lorwyn. Or humans didn't show up in Lorwyn. I think that's the only one I can think right. of. But that was a long time ago. Yep. <laughs> Since then, they're they're everywhere. We are we are we are so conceited that we believe we exist everywhere. <laughs> it's our world, damn it. <laughs> the other card I really like is uh, I, I really wanted to like walk the plank, but the card I, the other card I really like obviously is Vraska's Contempt. It uh, is definitely going to mean a lot after this next set comes out because, like, you're just going to have to add more Planeswalkers after this set because there's a bunch of them that do things that no other cards do or they do a couple things that some other cards do. But, yeah, and the life gain's not uh, not irrelevant sometimes. Yeah. Yep, it does all the, all the things well. It's instant. It exiles. I like the target types. The life gain is a non-zero amount. And can matter. Yeah, I like this card. Anybody not like this card? It's all right. Like, I'm not, like, super huge on it. Like, it's fine. Like, most time I would rather have Heroes Downfall. Yeah. Because Exile... Exile in the life sometimes means less than the one mana. But at the same time, I, they're, they kind of even out. Like, I would, I would take either one of them. I would... Some like it's a very close second to Heroes Downfall, but it's very flexible. Any other? Uh, I also really wanted to like Skullduggery. Yeah, but yeah. It, was, it was so good in that limited format. You're like, this has got to be good in other formats. It's not. <laughs> well, you know, so so back in the day, I, I don't know if you guys remember Consume Strength. Mm-mm. Yep. Black green card, consume strength from uh, Apocalypse, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, it was Apocalypse. Um, it was like one black green, 
I think it may have been speed shift. Plus two, plus two, and another creature gets minus two, minus two. This also, you know, like later on, this became like agony warp. Like, yep. like this modal, like robbing, you know, multiple targets removal spell trick or whatever thing. So when Skullduggery came out, I was just like, oh, well, this is kind of cool. It's not that cool. No, yeah, it was Apocalypse, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Apocalypse, because Apocalypse had all the, uh, all the cards that had the, because at that point, there were lots of allied color, two color cards. Apocalypse had all of the enemy color, two color cards. Like, mm-hmm. Pernicious yeah. Deed, and Vindicate, and Squeeze Embrace, and Quicksilver Dagger. Yeah, a couple of those are a little stronger than the other ones, but yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to remember some of the memorable ones, like the limited format. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Minefield was another one. <laughs> yeah, or like Goblin Trenches. Goblin Trenches, yeah, hell yeah. Oh, uh, Real quick before we leave Black, I, ha- I did try out Sicker Squire, and I just realized it's still in my cube titter list. Um, and it seems real... Meh, and it, and it is, but like the reason I tried it out was to try and make reanimate a little bit better, uh, because you do get to look at the top card, and if it's a fatty, just put it in your bin, and hmm. then you got a two, three for two, or sometimes it just draws you a land. It, it was, it was close, but it just wasn't, eh, most time it wound up being a, a, a one, two for two that, that drew me a land, which was, was fine, but the occasionally I did get to dump, you know, a fatty in the yard, and then, Unburial rights it or exhume it or whatever the next turn. It just wasn't quite there. Was a human though. So. Right. So it's got that going for it. Anybody running the, uh, <laughs> anybody running the Ferostodon in red? So. No. <laughs> oh boy. So. Uh, funny story about rampaging for Asadon. I just got one last night. Hmm. <laughs> it was one of the things that had gone missing, uh, when a lot of my other stuff went missing. And I'm like, you know, I never got to actually play this card in cube. So I picked up a, a pack foil one just last night. Speaking nice. of cards that are like banned before their time. Uh, so I'm gonna try it. I have a feeling that's gonna be pretty good. Well, it uh, it definitely shuts off the twin combo, <laughs> and that that has come up. Like the only time it's beaten me is when I couldn't twin off. Um, like I had a blocker, like two blockers for it, uh, so it couldn't get in there. One of them had four toughness, you know, yay. But can't gain life and can't twin off. Like my deck just couldn't win. So it's uh, it, when it hoses you, hoses you add. Yeah, I mean, red threes are are much better than they used to be. Um, but I I'm excited to try this. I think it's a uh, there is a very very high ceiling on how much damage it can do in a game. So I did see the trick where somebody ran a uh, um. Gosh, the artifact that not walking blister, the one that makes flyers when it dies. Hangerback hanger walker. walker. Yeah, somebody had a big hangerback walker and then played Ferocity on, and I'm like, 
kill, kill your walker, you're dead. Cool. Okay. <laughs> so, watch out for the nombos. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just, like I just like five. the. Not that the gain life isn't a huge thing. I mean, it's a small thing, but like three, three for three, fine. Menace, great. Additional damage when they try to play creatures, awesome. I I haven't figured out yet what not to like about this card, but I have a feeling I'm about to find out. No, I think this has the potential to be like a top five red card in, like, maybe red. I think it's among the best red creatures and possibly among the best red cards because like the menace is insane as well on everything. In addition to everything you said. So if your vortex is already the card you slam when you're playing red, and this is not quite that, but basically that it's, it's so weird because like, I would rather have a rabble master in my deck than this card. But when the other person has rabble master, they are so sad. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're like oh i'm 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 like from doing nothing else i will be dead in like four turns great so it's it's so funny but yeah it's it's not it's as three drops in red goes it's i mean you could have rabble master ahead of it uh imperial recruiter if you've got like that toolboxy type deck it sometimes it's just a better draw uh but yeah like I, i'd rather have it than dual caster mage than gutter snipe um the war boss. Uh, I can't think of any other red three drop creature right now. But it's pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I'm a fan. I, I'm a fan. I'm a, a a fan without having a chance to play it in cube yet. Uh, I'm a fan of the duck face for sure. Because it oh, doesn't. Never noticed the duck face. Yeah, it kind of looks like a duck. Yeah. Maybe that's what the Triceratops with the hole in it might have caught him a duck. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Oh, God. We used to do the, uh, I don't know if I've ever told uh, the stories of my amusement park job where I worked at a Sesame Street amusement park. Uh Uh-oh. Because I never heard this. (laughs) So so for four summers, I worked at a Sesame Street-themed amusement park called Sesame Place. Uh, and I played in the band there in the summers and, you know, so we, it's a, you know, it's a kid's amusement park, you know, it's basically like, you know, small children and adults. And so we, you know, we went out and played a show every hour and we had lots of like, you know, dumb jokes and, and puns and, you know, choreography and, and dances and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and one of the, you know, one of the, the, the gags we would do is that we, we would install a rubber ducky inside the sousaphone before we would go out to the show. And we would do this whole big, uh, whole big spiel about like, there's, there's something stuck inside the tube, but like we can't find, find it out. And someone reaches their hand inside and acts like something grabs them and this big dramatic thing. And then when you finally pull it out, you just yell and hold it in the air. Duck. And the whole band just screams and like dives to the ground. <laughs> and it's, always good for a laugh. It's like the stupidest joke ever. And then we proceed to play, you know, the the rubber ducky song afterwards. Wow. But before the lead in, as the as everyone kind of goes, no, not that kind of duck, this kind of duck. It's rubber ducky, oh rubber ducky. We should play him a song. Okay. And at that point, as everybody kind of walks to their position, it becomes a race of who can get the most duck puns in. 
before that starts. So you'll hear someone say something like, that really ruffled my feathers. And then a drummer would have to go, but don't bumps. And then, you know, someone would say, yeah, put that joke on my bill, but don't bumps, you know, like just cramming all the duck puns in. So, mm-hmm. did you find that joke on the web? But don't bumps. <laughs> wow. Like, <laughs> uh, anyway, that's my duck story. I actually have video footage of, of us doing the duck gag. Video evidence. Nice. I know I'm not the only one like trying super hard to think of a good. (laughs) 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 This whole time, like, come on, please. Yeah. Put, put that joke on my bill is my favorite one that we came up with. That's pretty good. That, that one was, that one was one in particular. I, and I wish I could remember it. One day someone tried to make up one of their own and it was just such a non sequitur. We actually couldn't start playing because all of us started laughing instead. Mm. It was like a complete non sequitur that had nothing to do with ducks. And someone just like threw it out there. We're just like, what? What? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh boy. So yeah, duck puns, ladies and gentlemen, send us your best duck puns at at Anthony42. There you go. Uh, any other red cards? Any uh, Wiley Goblin buy-ins or Stars of Extinction? or Yeah, the uh, Moto Cube runs Star of Extinction, and I am like haven't seen it cast, and I've drafted it a lot this time, and I just haven't seen it cast at all. Yeah, it does seem awfully pricey. Yeah. Never played it. It's like the most expensive wildfire ever. Like, unless you have Boros Reckoner on the battlefield, this seems real bad. So, <laughs> like, I'd just rather play Blasphemous Act, and I don't play that. Right. Yeah. Also, Blasphemous Act sometimes doesn't cost very much. Yeah, exactly. Like, sometimes it's like two mana, and you're like, kill everything. But, right. I mean, yeah, this is Planeswalkers, but... If I'm in a red deck and I've got to get to seven mana to kill their planeswalkers, I'm losing that game. That's just all it is. <laughs> it's not going to happen. So, yeah, yeah, I've killed a non-zero amount of people in standard by casting Boros Charm into uh, having Boros Reckoner on the field, casting Boros Charm to uh, Blasphemous Act. Nice, nice. So, yeah, Boros Charm. My guys are indestructible. Blasphemous Act. Kill all your guys. Oh, by the way, take 13, uh, attack you for the rest. Glad we could play this game of Magic the Gathering. <laughs> Thank you for attending. All right. Let's go to the green cards. Oh, green. Try nice. to pick up some speed here. Carnage uh, Tyrant. Carnage Tyrant. Carney T is probably... <laughs> I, I, it's one of my favorite six drops, even though it's not super exciting. So it's you know it's not primeval titan but it's pretty good it's a good one i really I, like I, it i i figured out why i do not own one okay because it because it sees a lot of play in standard and i'm just waiting for it to drop fair oh yeah. i thought you were going to say because it has hex proof and you can't touch no. it <laughs> no that that is that's probably that's the same reason i just now added uh something like scarab god 
to my queue because like the four was just insane because it saw too much standard play. This Correct. kind of falls into the same category of like, yeah, I'll probably get it. I'm just waiting like another month or two before it rotates. Right. And then then you have to remember it. when it rotates out to actually get it. Yeah. For example, I still don't have a Scarab God because I keep forgetting to, oh, I should probably pick this up. Then again, we've had a bunch of blue and black cards that have been printed in recent memory too that make it not necessary, but foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I like this guy. The hexproof is proven to be pretty pretty big when I've played it. This iteration of the Legacy Cube, it's like super in. big Thrun. So, yeah, I think it was the first I, uh, time I tried it out. Um, because I think it was in that picture with the leaks, like that foil sheet, so and people were able to figure out what it did. I think the first time I tried it up from there, you know, somebody was in like a green rampy deck cast it, and his opponent was like some kind of blue-black control deck. He had a bunch of counter spells in hand, couldn't stop it, and his defense was a Baleful Strix. And he was at like three life. <laughs> <laughs> so he died. That was like nice. <laughs> Uh, I wonder how many people out there. I, I, I just, <laughs> I can't look at Carnage Tyrant and not think of. I, I don't, I don't know how familiar you guys are with Cardi B. Nope. Oh no, I, I, I thought you were talking about the, the crazy animal thing that they're searching for on Up that made the weird. Oh no, <laughs> no. So yeah, Cardi B, the, yeah, the guess, singer. Yeah, just the stupid like all the time. And every time I see Carnage Tyrant, I go go Carnage Tyrant, Carney T, Cardi B. I sorry derailed this whole conversation. Any Death Gorge scavenger buy-ins? Never. I think I try may, may have tried it a little bit, and I don't know. It was okay. There's another one I think if I tried it out it was okay. But uh yeah. Pass for me, boss. Speaking speaking with the dinosaur theme, how about a ripjaw raptor? Yeah. Yeah, it was broken record. I remember trying this one out and it was okay. It, it's like a four <laughs> mana just big thing that isn't super resilient except versus like red removal. I don't know. It's, it's okay. It's kind of weird. Like, you know, compare this to like Ernam Jin and just how much better this is than Ernam Jin. Oh God. It's so embarrassing. Uh, Other than the fact that it's slightly harder to cast, but you know, lands are way better. Yeah. Uh, The just like, yeah, it does the same thing. Oh, by the way, there's no drawback. Oh, and if it takes damage, you draw a card. Mm-hmm. That's power creep. I think I was talking in, in the, there was a popper cube discord and saying if Ernam Jin was downshifted to common, would you play it? And it seemed like the consensus was no. And I'm just like, wow, that's, uh, really? <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I mean, I probably could see playing. I don't know. Like the fact that I'm like unsure, like, yeah. 
Or no, uh, I'm Whoa. Uh, there is one card I think is pretty playable, uh, Growing Rights of Illamok. Yeah, this is one that Drew, uh, that he liked a lot, too. Yeah, well, I love Cradle, and it's kind of a Cradle that also can get, draw you a card when you first play it. Eh, it's, it's, I mean, it's definitely, I've liked it in most of my green decks, so. I have not had a chance to run this yet, but I wasn't able to talk myself into running it the rest of the way. I always got close, and then I'm like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, I've had yeah. that happen, too. I can relate. Like, this should be fine, because it does replace itself when it comes in, so it's not, it does something when it first happens, when something first happens, and and then when I can, I don't know. When the board gets wrapped, it still taps for green. So, right, right. At least that—that that is certainly a an upside. Instead of being like, "Well, I got wrathed," I also got you know, star of extinctions, basically. Yeah, kind of stone rain too. So, I'm not that big on many of the green enchantments that give you like the the turnover turn value. I can't think of the name right now. Uh, the one that gives you the old drowsy. Scions. Well, like uh, Awakening, Awakening Zone. Zone. Awakening yeah. Zone. Like this kind of area of that kind of card, I'm always, I don't know. It, it's okay, but it never feels great because I feel as though I'd rather just use them. I don't know. If, I don't know if necessarily using the mana like then is a, what I'm trying to say, but I don't know. I'm not really excited about this kind of card type. There hasn't been something that's really like inspired me to kind of dive deep on that kind of card. Yeah. Yeah, like I think I tried Awakening Zone and the the Eldrazi one. Oh yeah, for sure I've tried Awakening Zone. And it's just like it, it takes a while for the rate of return. Well, it was when it first came out, it's like, dude, it's like Bitter Blossom, but you don't lose life, and if you keep your creatures, you get to ramp with them. Which are both fair points, it's just that normally you wind up in chump mode. Because you didn't do anything on turn three, right? <laughs> I mean, or you just took a turn off to to get a one one next turn or a zero one next turn. One, yeah, the uh, the actual what is it from Beyond version, the Eldrazi version that came yep. out. Yeah, I, I that, think it's four like, mana, right? It, yeah, it's four mana, but it puts out one ones and it has a, an ability to search for an Eldrazi or a colorless creature card. I forget which one. Mm-hmm. And it's still just not not there. So, right. I don't know. Still I, I definitely close. like uh, growing rights better than than both of those, just because when you do flip it, it's just like you know, cradle's just so good. But uh, I mean, it, it's it's still like orders less good than cradle in your deck, but it's it's playable. Oh boy. Well, any other green cards until we get into some multis? Because there's there's a couple good one, a couple good multicolor cards, I think. Uh, not much in green. Like the Merfolk's not the Explorer Merfolk's not bad, but it's just that it's not bad. Yeah, there's a much better one in in Rivals. Correct. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the main issue. Is the three yeah, drop no, is no, just, just significantly better than the two drop. Yeah, All right. Too much else in green, unfortunately. Well, let's go to multicolored, which is. Uh, and, and probably my favorite card is the card that had to receive a Rada, but people even first touched it. 
which is Hostage Taker. So Hostage Taker has easily become one of my favorite blue-black cards. Uh, just because it just does like so many great things. Uh, it's got the human interaction. It's got dealing with not even just creatures, but the fact that you can take artifacts like equipment with it is pretty great. Or soul ring. Yeah, I've had, I've had people take my mocks with this and it makes me mad. (laughs) Right. They just take it and they can just cast it right away too. Even if they tapped out for hostage taker, they're just like, yeah, by the way, thanks. Thanks for the sapphire idiot. Like, uh, so like that's, you know, a, a step above like the fiend hunters or whatever of the past, right? Is you could take a creature or whatever. And then you get to cast it yourself <laughs> as well. And it's just like, good lord, this card is great. Yeah, it's definitely one of the best, better Necrotal variants. Cause it's like, you have to kill this now. Oh, you didn't? Okay. Yeah, or like I said, I, you know, not playing with a power cube, I never even occurred to me of just like, oh yeah, miser mocks, thanks. I also really want to take someone's grafted war gear with this, so you both get <laughs> you get to kill their creature and their war gear. Oh yeah. So, for me, hostage taker, easy, easy in. Uh, another card. I've been very impressed with has been uh Vraska Rockseeker. I've uh I've splashed with this in both like blue black control decks and green white fair decks. It just is a really good curve topper. Does usually what you need it to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super solid. I mean the fact that after, you know, it starts with six loyalty, you wind up at eight loyalty. When you make a blocker, I mean, it does all those things. You know, we, we all talk about the, Hey, this is what I want walkers to be able to do. They should be able to protect themselves. They should be able to impact the board and they should have a game winning ultimate. Uh, this has all those things. Yeah. I dig it. I'm a fan. There's a, there's, there's some other cards here too that, uh, I think are interesting. I really wanted Regisaur Alpha to be good. Oh, yeah, the, uh, like, Broodmate. Yeah, Dinosaur Broodmate, yeah. Like, I still have it in like my on deck binder in the hope that one day it might be good again. It, it but, gives, uh, Chameleon Colossus haste. Yes, it does. Not uh, also, mirror entity. Anymore. Mirror entity, yeah. <laughs> that is kind of a combo, mirror entity and this guy. You know, it's like make all my dudes really big. My dinosaurs have haste. If they printed, you know, five or six more playable dinosaurs, it would it would go up. Right, and like the earlier dinosaurs we talked about, unfortunately, like none of them are just like, oh yeah, this card's great. It's all like, it's fine. This card's fine, and you know. Everything's fine. Yeah. They're fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Hwatley's fine. She makes dinosaurs. Yeah, Hwatley's fine. Vona is fine. Not a dinosaur, yeah. though. Not a dinosaur. 
No. No. <laughs> dinosaur vampire. Dinosaur vampire conquistador. You can tell because the dinosaur has the helmet on. Is there is there any real multicolor card y'all really want to talk about from here on out? Because I just that made me think of the colorless card that's got a huge number of cubes on Cube Tutor that I'm just like I would not put this in. Okay, let's let's hear it. It's Sorcerer Spyglass, and like I'm all about the control deck artifacts, all that good stuff. It still just seems like a I know it's not a sideboard card to look at their hand and then name, but I just. I don't know. I just can't make myself. And I play it in um, We're a Prison in Modern, and it's great in that deck. But it's because I can do multiples and I can do different things with it. But it's just, I I don't know. I'm just not uh, not a fan. I don't know why. So for me, hey, like bye-bye. the uh, the ranking, if we have to, you know, rank is like revoke Frixing Revoker, then Spyglass, then Pithing Needle. Just because looking at the hand is usually really useful. Mm-hmm. In in cube, I find, and you know, even able to just shut off any any well, usually planeswalker. Let's be completely honest. Yep. And then tertiary, you know, like secondarily, like other things like swords or whatever. Like I, I don't know. It was a, it was one of those cards. I think when I tried it out because this was another early leak. I wasn't super impressed, but the more I tried it, I thought you know got more to liking it. I wouldn't say it's a staple or whatever, but you know, it's, I'd say it's pretty good just because right. it tends to be a, like it's, it's generally a catch all. And I've definitely played this in main deck, like pithing, like pithing needle. I don't know. I don't think I've main decked that often. If, uh, unless like my deck is really, really wanting artifacts or like a trinket mage target or something. But Spyglass is definitely more of a main deck card that I've seen. And I've, whenever I've looked at people's decks, you know, like after, because like another one of the good things you can do, or at least another piece of advice I would give cube designers is to, after your deck drafting is done, just like have people keep the main deck and sideboard and then keep those. If you're not going to take pictures, if you're going to just do it at home. Uh-huh. But like, this is another one where some I would look at decks sometimes, and sometimes I would look at it and be like, "This makes no sense." Like I would see like a grave crawler and a gristle brand in the same deck, and I'd just just shake my head like, "No, just no." <laughs> like, whenever I would see a spyglass in a main deck, I'd be like, "That makes sense." Usually, it would be a little more questionable in a main deck for an aggro deck, but I wouldn't be like doing the gristle brand grave crawler head shake. I don't know. It's it's solid. Oh, so it's probably one of those. If I played with it a couple of times, I'd get a better feel for it. Uh, I'll try it out. What do you think of Pithing Needle and and those other things? Have you have you been on? Have you played those much? I have Pithing Needle in, but like it is pretty much a sideboard card. Or like say, if I've got just a ton of, I guess discard where I get to look at their hand and I can just preemptively needle the Planeswalker that I saw in their hand that I didn't want to take then, but I can take care of it like in another turn before they get to play it. That type thing, and yeah, I guess Spyglass. I can say where it would be more main deckable because you get the the peak. Yeah, well. like um, I think that especially helps too in like green decks where they're tapping out a lot and they have yeah. to kind of play around with the opponents doing. Because like you, if you when like say for example you're like some kind of green rampy duck and you Spyglass and you see like a bunch of counter spells or something, you can probably play out your turns a little easier. 
like what what things do you want to run into counter spells or whatever and then try to you know juke them that way i i, I think that's has a lot more reasons why it's main deckable as opposed to pithing needle and being like wow what did this guy draft again um let's see what the guy had a jace what jace was in their deck architect of thought and then they just play mind sculptor it's like dang <laughs> 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 so I have lots of thoughts about these, uh, these, these cards. Uh, I am no, I am, you know, you guys know I don't play with sideboards, uh, when I cube. I don't, it, it's, it's kind of a card security thing. It's kind of a, uh, just kind of the way I want to, to build my, my deck and like my everything. And, uh, I were despise piping needle. Don't like it. Don't want to run it, but I have, but I do like spyglass only for the fact that you actually get to look at their hands. It's not a 100% guessing game where like needle is just like, well, I have to kind of know what they have first, or I have to name something that's already on the field or that I've seen in a previous game or whatever. And then like, hope I guess correctly or hope that that's what they have in their hand where spyglass is very much, Hey, no, we're, we're actually going to look at your hand first. And then we're all, we're most likely going to have an option for that. So. The other thing too is, uh, and, and maybe I'm in, incorrect here. I need to quickly look up a, look up the text for a piling needle. Okay. So they're, they're very similar with all, it's just, I don't know. I, I, the one mana is worth me looking at their hand and having a better idea of what to, what to name for me. Mm-hmm. That's just the way I feel about it. Yeah, I think that helps too with the sideboarding issue too, because like if you play it like turn two for either one of those, it's kind of like, yeah, with needle, you're blind guessing. Like you can maybe guess what the opponent's deck is doing based on their tier turn your second turn, possibly. But Spyglass at least helps those blind hits. I've kind of seen that with like Cabal Therapist when I've been trying that card out. It's like sometimes you just blind name something and sometimes you get it. Other t- you know, sometimes it's a peak, which is fine. So yeah, I, that's, that's kind of where I am on it. Um, but Drew mentioned a treasure map earlier as well. And that's a card that I've been impressed with after getting a chance to play with it some that I kind of discounted originally at first as just being a, a little bit of a do nothing. Uh, I actually like this card a lot. Yeah, just the in- incremental value you get from the scry, and it. it I, I'm not gonna lie, I do like the fact that it really tells a good story. Like, I have a treasure map. Okay, I'm gonna search and search. Hey, look, I found all the treasure, and now I get to trade in gold for cards. So, uh, or treasure for cards. So, it's uh, I've been beaten by them flipping this. They get the mana from the the treasure cove. And then they get the three more mana there, and all of a sudden they cast like an eight drop on me, and it's like out of nowhere. So it's there's all kinds of different 
uh, routes they can take on that, just drawing cards or casting something big and then the scrying to get rid of the garbage. So I like the we're going to take all the different routes comment about mm-hmm. finding treasure. Happy accident. <laughs> All right. It's also nice because it kind of like with a lot of like library manipulation stuff, it just kind of does its thing. But this kind of puts an interesting clock on it because if getting three treasures usually at least means something good for their long term after. Like if they you know draw cards or they're able to power out something. Like it's a it's pretty interesting on that axis too. Like I I think I was a pretty early adopter of this card. Like for treasure map, I think it was one of those weird things where it's like certainly not a dark steel pendant or whatever, but I'm pretty sure I thought it was a solid card. It's yeah, it's a great card though. Yeah, there's really only one more card I'd like to talk about. And you guys can uh chime in if you want to. Uh also a colorless card. <laughs> Not an artifact, however. Hmm. Field of Ruin. A plus. I like. I like Field of Ruin. The end. I feel like it's an easy. It's an easy in. Like it does a lot of neat things. Um, It does them without. It does them in a fair way. That can also be beneficial to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm a plus. I'm a hundred on board. hundred percent on board. I like, I, yeah. <laughs> the amount of times you just get to like fix your own mana in the control deck, like it enables your, it enables your mid range of control decks to keep like a much wider range of keeps mm-hmm. of like opening sevens or whatever. Cause you're just like, well, I have three lands and yeah, I only have like one blue and one black. Um, but we can go like fix and get the double blue, like no problem. And pretty, pretty sure they're going to be playing a non-basic land at some. Like the best is when they turn one, play a tapped creature land. You're like, yeah, you're never activating that. I'm totally going to kill that on turn three. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think well, design-wise, it's, also- it's a really interesting card too, because it's like you upgrade your land and they downgrade those. And it's kind of like this equilibrium point. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I remember Saffron Olive thought it was good it kind of compared it to like a worse like evolving wilds kind of effect and that kind of like made the light bulb go off i was like that's weird i never really thought of it that way but that's true because the land comes into play untapped yeah so like if you're able to use that mana too it's interesting going from three to one and if you're able to use that mana that's definitely a nice thing well right you could could cast opt at the end of your opponent's turn Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I mean, the I, thing I have done is uh, kill their creature land that's attacking me because they made me do it, and then go get my planes untapped and path their other big dude that I had no life <laughs> at all. So, yeah, the fixing's real. <laughs> Plane untapped is also good. Well, I like that it's the, like, obviously Wasteland and Strip Mine are the, the A plus 10 out of 10. But it's one step above Tectonic Edge, because I've always liked Tectonic Edge, but it kind of, it like always felt slightly too slow with the four land uh, requirement. But yeah, yeah especially if you're playing formats, you know, not cube or whatever, 
but like sometimes people just never play four lands in like <laughs> modern and whatever else and you just die and you're like well good thing i had this colorless land yeah like the only time i've been really happy with tech edge is when i had crucible and they were like needing their mana all the time but at the same time like if i've got crucible it's still fourth behind field of ruin wasteland strip mine <laughs> i mean so yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've uh, I've considered because you know I was I, I I am probably one of the last people who like Dust Bowl. Oh yeah, I well, I haven't seen that card in ages. <laughs> I uh, the Field of Ruin was the nail in the coffin of Dust Bowl for me. So yeah, it's a it's like three and tap sacrifice a land destroy non basic. So it's pretty pricey. Dust Bowl is the elite vanguard of land. Yeah, it, it was, but it was like one of those things where, man, like if you were, if you, you know, you could just wait, you know, you get into that mid game and you're just like, well, I'm flooded and they kind of need their lands and we're just going to keep them off them, you mm-hmm. know, like slowly and eliminate all these, um, these non basics and chuck these other lands at them. And yeah, I don't know. I really like that card, but it's it's gone. It's gone. Field of Ruin. Good card. Excellent yeah. over. Hooray. It was a nice set. Like it was it was like an underpowered set, so to speak, but like it still had a good amount of cube stuff. Yeah, Absolutely. Four or five real heavy hitters, and then if you had like just a just start up modern cube, it was a treasure trove. Uh, pun intended that time. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Get the one clap. <laughs> <laughs> which is one more than it deserved. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's go on into let's go into the last set of 2017, which was unstable. Now, unstable it, this is either going to be a really short discussion or a, a really long discussion about a couple of cards, but you know, not very many people run silver border cards, gray border cards, whatever you want to call them. Uh, yeah, in their, we, in their cubes. Um, but this set, I think, and, and you guys can agree or not agree, um, more than any of the previous unsets had lots of cards that feel like real magic cards, just with like a, a 25% like silliness or, you know, over the top edge. Yeah. Yeah. I but feel they like all feel like real magic cards for the most part. I think they did. A, I think they were aware that cubes were putting cards in like this was the set you know i think they talked about the product announcement they talked about you know you can add stuff for your cube you know it's like different commander you know they usually whenever they've talked about uh sets they usually just reference like here's some stuff for commander and whatever and this and this and cube and like i'm gonna double check to see if i can find it i probably referenced it in the article and I talked about, but I believe they referenced it. It was like, hey, put this in. Yeah. Rosewater talked on his blog about how the set was designed with cube in mind. Let me see. On, yeah, like on Blogatog, he said, someone asked, hey, Mark, am I going to get any sweet cube cards in Unstable? I love casting Booster Tutor and would love some more new ones. And Mark said, we designed some cards with cube in mind, as we know there are some uncards that show up in a lot of cubes. So, like, they, there was that awareness, which 
cube really wasn't a thing when the other sets came out, at least nowhere near the level that it is now. Yeah, that, that is a very safe, uh, a very safe statement for sure. That is a hundred percent correct. So I have always, I, I think probably more than a lot of other people have always run some number of silver border cards in my cube. So I, I probably dove into this more than other people have, uh, Drewer Zakiel, do you guys dabble in the silver borders? Yeah. I uh I run Booster Tutor. Uh there's I've considered um who, what, when that that one. Who, what, um, when, where, why? Yes. And uh symbol status, Lubafu ran it in his cube and it was pretty he had not matching basics just for that point. Right. He was a little sub game of getting all your basics with different you know, set symbols and all that. And then there's gifts given, which is really busted. Correct. Way too strong for anything ever. Correct. Uh, and there's one more. I can't remember. Yeah, there, there's a handful. Cheaty face. Well, yeah, it's not in the cube. It's just in the box. <laughs> so what, what, one of my favorite, right. One of my favorite old ones is, is also a blast from the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's actually on my desk right now. It's a right on my desk here. Blast. That card's great too. You know, even yep. if just cycling madness. Yep. Yep. It's like, all right, draw, deal two, draw two. And I remember it was in this cube that I used to, I was in a league for. It was also a buy in. It was like $20 buy in. And it was just one of those really slow cubes where aggressive decks were terrible. Right. So you're like cycling madness buyback kicker. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing, and I think most of the people didn't know how good the card was. And I was just, I think I took a gamble and I think I wheeled it back or something. And I was like, okay. And I think it was the first time I did it in that match. I was just, or in that draft, I was like, all right. I think it was just Cycle Madness buyback. And they were like, what? And I was like, yep. And then it was just like grind you out with value. Right. Draw, draw, draw a card, put this back in my hand, uh, take two. Yeah. Yeah, it was like one of those cubes where I ran, uh, you know, I always force five color. I think that was one of the decks where I played Ambassador Laquatus because I just wanted something that was a dirtily win con and it worked. Will you? Yeah. Yeah. But I think, yeah, this set has a lot of nice stuff for, for cubes that, that want to run those cards. So, uh, I, I will kind of go through and, and, and tell you just, you know, I'll, I'll go through and mention the ones that, that I've played. Um, and, and I think other ones that, that are certainly, playable uh the first one that that i i i run go to jail yeah that card's great that card's so so good i've been really happy with it especially in white aggro decks because it's like if it comes back i don't care i just want to have it go away for a little bit right it, it you know goes away and then you know you you run the odds on, on what the odds are of it coming back and it's just like yeah no it's one mana just like swords to plowshares without a which may very likely never have a drawback. Yeah. It's yeah, essentially a one out of six chance, but it's like, all right. Yeah. I think there was, that was, I've had some games where like the outcome of the game was very reliant on if go to jail stayed in play, (laughs) but it was, yeah, it's a really interesting card. I wish like magic would use dice more or do something like this kind of effect. Like, it seems like the only chance stuff they really want to do is coins. And I think the argument, at least what I've heard, is 
the idea that people have more coins than dice. Dude, and it's 2019. Yeah, I was about people to say have yeah, way yeah. more dice than than actual cash on them now. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. Most of the time, if I go to a store, most people have dice. Not many people have coins, and yeah, most people don't carry cash. And even if they do, they can just you know, just go to random.org and then just right. run a random number generator. Go that way. It's like put integer one through six, and then run it, and then run it again. Like it's not an issue. Also, seems- fl- flip a coin. Okay. Instead of flipping a coin, I'm going to roll this die, odd even. Yeah. It's like whenever you play Mana Crypt, we always do, like, odds you take damage. Like, it's it's pretty much always that way whenever we play Mana Crypt or any kind of coin flip cards. Like, I don't know. It just seems weird. Like, it just seems like some kind of relic from maybe early days or something or some kind of... Well, dude, they don't want to turn it into Hearthstone. Oh, yes. Oh, no. Not... RNG. Oh, no. The R the RNGesus... <laughs> Yeah, it's just silly, but like whenever you're whenever you cast Brawl, it's always your creatures, your opponent's best creature that lives. But mm-hmm. whenever uh, they cast Brawl, it's always their best creature that lives. It's like, come on. Yep. Why does this never work? RNG Jesus has forsaken me. Yep. I think this card's great. Like, I wish it, there was a, a quote unquote real version of it, but I'm still playing it in my cube. It's also yeah. common, so it's even in Popper Cube. Like it's, yeah, that's sweet. It's absurd. So uh, another one too that is, I, I think, absurdly powerful that I haven't had a chance to try yet because I just don't know how I feel about it. Also, I haven't found the foil one. Is uh, Night of the Kitchen Sink? Yeah, yeah. Double white two two first strike is okay and protection from black borders. It. Uh, oh my god! It seems very much like a cheaper. Better, well, not better. Uh, true name nemesis because you can't put your own equipment on. Right, yeah, it's pretty much true name. I think most of the time when I was playing it, when I played this card, I was just like, okay, like if you can't equip it, that's fine. I think most of the time it's just you know being cheaper is fine anyway. Like you can equip it with the sword of Dungeons and Dragons. Correct. Yeah, this is one like I know personally. I kind of draw the line at like effects that would makes sense in a magic set or you know something that you could see and i'm not sure if i would really see something like this because it creates weird logistics issues like the effect being relevant on which version of the card which we haven't right. really seen since like apocalypse chime and city in a bottle like if you have a white bordered bolt versus a black bordered one or a white bordered terror versus a black border or if you represent tokens like do you use dice or do you use like actual cards or whatever? Like it just, it's obviously a very good card when I tried it, but it was just those kind of logistics things. I'm just like, I don't, eh, it just felt weird personally. Well, I think this card could go very well. If you have the, if you have a very highly curated environment where you have control over these are the tokens that you use when we play. These are the things that you use when we play. These are the things you use for this when you play. It's all very much, you know. Yeah, that's pretty it, much what it, I do. Like, I have a token away, box. Right, but it takes away kind of all those, it takes away a lot of those concerns. Yeah, and like, it still just felt so weird. It's just like, it just felt really arbitrary. It's just like, okay, this white-bordered bolt can get it, but not this black-bordered terror. Like, it just seemed really weird and and whatnot. 
which by the way, another one you, uh, we forgot to mention earlier that, that I also run is, uh, rare be gone. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's a good one. That card is oppressive. Woo. Yeah. Pretty much the red, black aggro. Yup. Would you like to destroy everything else? Right. Exactly. Uh, I don't run any more of the white cards in here. Um, those are the two that, that really, um, that stuck for me. The only one I really do run actively is go to jail. Um, there is rules lawyer, which is interesting, but yeah, it's just, it's another one of those weird cards. There's that, a lot of text. Yeah. I think and, when we were in Memphis, did you play ordinary pony Usman? Was that in your cube? Yeah. Yeah. I had that in my popper and cube. The popper kind cube of like, right. Yeah. yeah. I, I was actually it, impressed with that card. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's kind of like a miniature kind of like a I don't want to say resto angel because it's nowhere near resto angel, but it's one of those cards like you could totally see if they took out the the host whatever thing. Like you could totally see this in a set where it'd be whenever this enters the battlefield, you may exile target non-horse creature and then return it. Like that's something I could totally see. And if they wanted to you know, make it another kind of like jokey meme card or whatever. They could change it to, I don't know, Kithkin or goat or something. I don't know. Yeah. Except for that. They just made horses in the, in a block that just rotated. They were indestructible horses. Oh yeah. Yeah. Crow and horse. So yeah, it, 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 it exists, but we'll yeah. see. But yeah, again, it feels like a real magic card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now blue has got some. Whew. Yeah, there's some good blue stuff. Surprisingly, JK. So, have you guys ever played with Clocknapper? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a nice card. Played with the um, the one from Mirrodin Block where you had to skip something, but this one seems a lot stronger because you actually just take their turn, take that part of their turn, don't you? Yeah. Pretty crazy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what? I've never read this card before. Okay. <laughs> to buy list. Right. So this card's really fun with blink effects. Yep. This card is really fun with copying effects. And clones and such. Drowsy Displacer, just take, you can just never have a combat again. Correct. Or never have an untap again. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I think most of the time, I think it usually got their, whatever, the the first phase, whatever. Beginning phase. Yeah. I'm glad they put that in parentheses, too. Or no, they didn't. I thought they did. Oh, well. (laughs) Yeah, the beginning phase is like untap, Untap, upkeep, upkeep, draw. Yeah. Yeah. So you just untap, you take their phase that most of the time that's what it did. You know, you take those phases and it's like, okay. And. Or untap upkeep, I should say. Yeah. Yes, this is a, this is a, it's a pretty solid one. I'm trying to think of how it compares to just like a regular, like time warp versus that kind of thing. It's I guess phase, I guess draw phase is part of beginning phase now. Sorry. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's this card is whew, it is a spicy meatball and it's a human. Yep. 
Yeah. That card's a real, real spicy meatball. Um, and it's probably been one of my favorite ones in, in that whole thing. Uh, the various versions of very cryptic command. I was uh, looking at those right now, trying to decide if I could only put one in the cube, which one would it be? Yeah, there's one of them that I think is significantly better than the rest. I'm trying to remember. It's been so long. Is it F? The one that's got Scry 3 on it? Uh, I have to remember. Yeah, I'm looking at all of them, and I'm like, uh, they're so different. Now, C, right, see. C's interesting. It's a draw card from an opponent's library. So <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that also copies the, that's the one that also copies the spell, makes a dude, or, uh, turn to frog something. Humility's something, right? Yeah. yeah turn to frog, I guess, technically. Yeah, that one is, is pretty great. Um, I'm trying to remember because there's four different versions of it. Six. Six versions of it. I, I linked it in chat, uh, the link that has all of them. I think my personal favorite was when I was trying them was uh, the return target permanent uh, catalog, return target, change the target of target spell with a single target, and then turn over target. Turn it over. Yep. Yeah. So essentially turn it to a 2-2. Two -two. I was just very disappointed that the alternate art one was not close to the best one. Yeah, I, I yeah. was looking at that one, and that's the one I really wouldn't run for the text box, but the black and white unfinished art is really good. Yeah, those. So again, they most of these all feel like real magic cards. Yeah. And so, uh, I also like. There, there's kind of a part of me if you like doing like the the card manipulation and cube that if you draft very cryptic command, you get access to all six of them. Oh. <laughs> Oh man, that would certainly make it go up in the ranks. And then you could decide like which uh, which one you want at the start of each game. Hmm. Okay, that makes it a little more reasonable. Yeah, I was just thinking like the time constraints. You know, like since a div top makes people take forever. And like, imagine like during a game, it's like I'm gonna cast a spell. Hmm. What? Yeah. Not what right. Not not like a 24 modal spell, but like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be ridiculous. It's like, I want to... <laughs> you get to choose. <laughs> Let's see. I'm, it's like choosing a menu or something. It's like, I would like the return target permanent <laughs> and create a black rogue, please. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's one I, uh, I do like. Um, Five-finger discount is also another one that amuses me. Well, let me double-check that one. I forgot that oh. one. You literally steal its confiscate, but you put it into your hand. So it's worse. Oh, wow. But then you get to cast it for any color that you want. So you get the ETB abilities. That overall seems worse. Like, you can cast <laughs> it, which seems fine for the times that it matters, but it seems like for most of the time, I'd rather just steal it. Except for, you know, one... They can never get it back if you just put it into your hand. 
<laughs> so much like the exile versus like leaving it in play. I, I'm just very amused by the fact that you take their card and just put it in your hand. Like, eh. I mean, I don't run confiscate because it's too expensive, but if I was going to run confiscate, I would probably run this one for the amusement factor. Okay, there I don't is know. Like I'll let you take it. I'm pretty sure you're you're gonna pick the card that I was gonna say. But you're, oh, oh, really? Uh, sure. Yeah, I've kind of got to because it's like <laughs> brand. Yep. Uh, it's on brand. I just ordered a full Crow Storm because <laughs> it's just better than Empty the Warrants. Yes, and I really. That, that this card's also real dumb. Yeah. It's yeah. Dumb. One mana last. One take flyers. Yes, please. Yes. Yeah. Crow Storm. I, I, I was leaving that one just because one, I don't run Storm and Cube. Two, I think the whole Storm Crow joke is really blank, <laughs> stupid. The horse is dead. That <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Like, uh, it, also the first set I played was Alliances and Storm Crow was not where you wanted to be. No, it, no, it never is. Definitely not. But this card is. Actually good. No, this this card is bonkers. Yeah, not not good, not lying. I think I sided it in. I was like in a blue white tempo deck in in peasant cube, and I sideboarded it in just to you know, as like against a removal heavy black white deck. I'm just like, okay, here we go. Cast, cast, three dudes. Yep. Yeah, card's really good. If you support Storm at all, it's so good. I'm also amused that they literally printed a card that is just like Welkin turn. Yeah. Was it Novella, whatever? Novella Mental. Yeah. To where like one of the drafts I, I won, I just drafted a bunch of Novella Mentals and like pants. Oh, and everyone's just know. like, I'm trying to do silly stuff and you're just playing real magic. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, I don't care. That. All day long. Just like two drop, bash you for two, three drop, bash you for four or five, two drop, two drop, untap, like equipment, equip, bash you. It's like, what, what, what are you doing? You're, you're, you're not having fun. I'm like, no, I'm a great time. <laughs> it's the uh, Indiana Jones scene with the, uh, whatever, with a gun. Yeah, right, exactly. Like he's doing all the fancy like sword movement and I'm just like Okay. Yeah, just K. Okay. I'll just I'll just kill you. Right. Keep keep rolling dice, have fun, attack you for four in the air. Attack you for six in the air. Oh, I have to re roll my things? Okay. Attack you for four. Hmm. Yep. So yeah, that that one's pretty great. Uh Moving to black, there's, unless there's other blue cards you want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, Hangman is great. Yeah, Hangman's a really good one. <laughs> have you guys played, <laughs> has anybody else played with Hangman? Yeah, it's probably one of my favorite black one drops, honestly. I haven't played. Let me, I have to read, sorry. So many a lot <laughs> We got a reader. We got a reader. 
Huh. It's that cool, but why would you ever guess? Oh, you why would you one? guess? Like the caster? No, no, I mean, you, you pay one and then and you make them guess. They don't pay the one. Okay, I'm reading the text wrong. I got you. Any player may activate this ability. Hmm, sweet. Yeah, it was another one of those things where it's like the game kind of hinged on if the opponent guessed right, so it would be just out of size. Mm-hmm. It was like, what do you want to do? <laughs> Yeah, it's super comical. Yeah. This, I, I feel like this might be... Like, I'm running it now, and I don't know if that violates the somewhat arbitrary rule of if it feels like it could be a real card, but it definitely has a lot of... In, like, it's actually just a, an actual good card. Like, it right. kind of... It's like a figure of destiny that's much bigger. Because, <laughs> like, most of the time, it's just like... It's very difficult for the opponent. Your opponent will never just guess it right off the bat. So it's usually it usually takes a while, especially if you know in advance and you're pretty clever with what you name with it. Right. Any excess mana is just like turned into plus one plus one counter a, a large majority of the time. Yeah. Sometimes it'll backfire, but most of the time it doesn't. And like if you do play Hangman like and you're trying to figure out like a card like it's in your hand, you're trying to figure out something a trick you can do to count the number of letters, because if you do it with your individual fingers, your opponent's going to know. It's like going thumb, you know, like thumb, index finger, like one, two, three. Of course, your opponent's going to know, so don't do that. One of the things you can do is, like, assuming you're holding the cards with one hand, on your other hand, you can count the number of letters using your segments. Like, you have three segments on your fingers, like, you know, pinky, one, two, three, and you can do it that way. It makes it easier to do it that way a little more sneakily. Like, you're doing... Okay, for eight letters or whatever. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It also so doesn't like, say English word. It just says word and letters. Well, no. So here's the thing. You can only pick English words if hangman's in English. Oh, I see. Now, if it's in a foreign language, <laughs> then you actually have to... <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Gutter Damarung has more than eight letters. Sorry. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, another card I like, too, but I haven't been able to get one yet because I, I missed it the last two times I was at a Grand Prix. Sorry, Magic Fest. I mean, Grand Prix was... uh I really want a uh, a foil extremely slow zombie. Oh, well, yeah. There's four seasons, so you have to plug that one into uh, Scryfall and take a look at the uh, the four seasons. It's like Mishra's Factory, but with a zombie. Hmm. As everyone, everyone starts typing furiously. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of, like... It's another card that feels like it could be like a real card. Like it could have some overly, like it could just have the text without the keyword. Like it could just say, this creature deals combat damage after creatures, Mm -hmm. after creatures deal damage normally or whatever. I don't know. So take your, when you go to the Scryfall page, scroll your cursor over the four prints and you, it looks like a flip book. 
and the and the text or the flavor text goes along. It's pretty good. right, correct. So that goes in sequence to the seasons go in sequence, and it looks like a flip book as he's reaching towards the camera. Yeah, mm. like. Uh, I mean, I'd have to run the the Christmas one. Right. That's that's the that that's the the you know much like Mishra's Factory, right? Like that's the. You always go winner. Yeah. That's the that's the winner. I forget which one I ran for a while. I think it may have just been fall. I don't know or summer. <laughs> so I kind of like this, uh, just because a, a three three for two is pretty big. <laughs> yeah, it outmuscles most everything unless the opponent, like, unless the opponent has like a wall of creatures board state, and then you just don't attack because don't play bad magic. Right. Like, let, let me run this three three into a couple of two twos. Oops. Yeah. It's like, why doing that anyway? So, and it's got the zombie tribal thing going for it a little bit too. So, yeah. Yeah. I uh, I like this card. I just need to get off the pot as it were and just go ahead and and find the the uh, a foil winter one so I can get it in there and actually play it some yeah. more. It's also just nice as a wall sometimes. Just as a 3/3 three, mm-hmm. three wall. It's just like, okay, you're going to attack with your 2/2s, two cool. Cool. Right. And if they bolt it, you're like, okay. okay. I'm whatever. Yeah, like shrug. That's fine. Yeah, I really wish this was, even if it isn't a keyword, like I think Last Strike is just like maybe too cutesy to be a keyword, but I don't know. Like if there was some other synonym for it, or even if it just was that ability, that would totally be an actual card, and I think that would be fine. Like gives all other creatures first strike. Yeah. Right, exactly. That's how they would do it, right? Like, yeah, or like all, all creatures blocking creatures. this get first strike. Like spitting slug, I think is the word wording like that. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's like all creatures blocking and blocked by. Whenever a creature, whenever spitting sp- slug blocks or becomes blocked, you may pay one and a green. If you do, it gains first strike. Otherwise, each creature blocking or blocked by spitting slug gains first strike until EOT. Like it's has some precedence, and it was even time shifted, so that's plausible. Granted, green's probably the weirdest color for it, but I mean that's that's something that could be doable. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It is a slug. Same so. <laughs> Black also has a couple other ones too that just don't feel like real magic cards. Um like over my dead bodies. Yeah, that was a weird one. Like like, it's like playing dredge, but with attacking. Mm-hmm. Right. But everything that dies can also attack. Like, can you imagine resolving this against a control deck? Yeah, it was usually weird because it was like, okay, you can't kill anything, and then yeah, you would have to kind of play like some people play dredge, like they put it face up in the front, and you would have to do that. It's like I'm attacking with these from my graveyard and this from in play. It was very strange. <laughs> very powerful, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a great card. It was just weird. Uh, s- summon the pack is very reminiscent of, like, Booster Tutor. I would I would play that, but only if I had Legion's pack. Right, where you just get 15 creatures. 
Yeah. So, you know, this, that card caused a spike in the price of Legion's packs. Oh, in case you're wondering. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, I could, I totally see that, but wow. Uh, at, um, I guess it was, uh, GP Atlanta last year. Um, we were playing Wizards Tower and somebody went to, like we had some of this in there. Somebody went to cast this and, uh, the person whose Wizards Tower was had a Legion's pack on hand and almost got it cracked. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, remand. Oh. <laughs> and, and then we just killed them the next turn because we knew oh, what they had. No. They were, they were so sad. I felt, oh. felt bad except for they were trying to kill us all. So. Now, if you have Cuba Majigs, you could still have a sealed magic booster pack. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Usually whenever I do those things, it's usually like 15 random cards from on the undrafted right. part. No, to be fair, this one does say sealed magic booster pack. Unlike, uh, Booster Tutor. Oh, interesting. I believe Booster Tutor just says, uh, like, bo- pack or booster pack or something like that. That sounds right. Oh, oh, that's oh, a sealed. sealed. Also, oh no, oh, it was wrong. Back. Oh god. Oh god. Oh no. What have, I, what have I done? Not the first house rule I've done. Yeah, I just cross like out sealed magic booster and write cube. Oh, there you go. And I also only do eight cards because fifteen's like. Overkill. Yeah. Who doggy? That would be a lot. Woo. Uh, spike tournament grinder. So when I tried that part out, cause there's like so many ways you can, so there's like several ways you can do it. I think I talked about it in the article back in the day. It was like, you can either have it be what's in your sideboard. You can either be what's in the entire cube undrafted part, or it could be whatever is outside, you know, just like, uber casual you can get anything and when i tried it out if you did it from your sideboard it was garbage if you did it from like the rest of the cube like it was whatever and if you did it from outside of magic you could just tutor broken combos and just insta win if you don't kill it like i don't know vault key or something Yeah, it was something I really wanted to like, but it was just really slow and clunky because the outside the game text just seems, it doesn't really make much sense. And I think if it was sanctioned, like, so to speak, you would have to do it from your sideboard. And in that mode, it's just garbage. Well, that's how like Ring of Maruff and the Wishes or whatever works. So, yeah. Yes, there's precedent for that. And like most of the time, you know, with stuff like power or whatever, those are in your deck anyway. And I think there's like some niche scenarios like cranial plating was banned in some random, I think probably Mirrodin block or something. <laughs> I'm going to double check. I think it was banned in something. It was banned, it's banned in Popper. So you could get that. And that happened once. It was just like get cranial plating, equip and kill you. But aside from that, it was just so bad. Have you, did anyone try any of the half split host card kind of stuff? I never did. I can never really find out a rule, like, especially for just like the ones like where it's just ninja, for example, that don't have a converted mana cost. Like, I'm not sure how that would really work. Like, if could you attach it to anything, I guess? Yeah. Like, that could be a rule. Also, like Masterful Ninja is great as just a free creature if you reveal it. And because it, it has haste, essentially, and 
It's like the greatest mem night of all time. Right. Uh, I actually opened a foil masterful ninja. Nice. Out of a pack and, uh, I'm throwing one of my drafts and it's just kind of like, I've always been like, do I play this card or do I not play this card? Like, like from your hand? I, no, like in the cube. Like, Oh yeah. I'm like, do I want to play it or do I not want to play it? I just, I'm still on the fence about whether or not I want to play it or not. I did for some time and then just cut it because it again kind of felt like not a real card. Like, cause it's pretty absurd otherwise. Like, it, it's a really good card for aggro decks because it's free and it has haste and it doesn't die to sorcery speed removal. And it can pump if you're in black, but most of the time you just play it anyway. Ooh, you can equip your, your, uh, what's his name? Plating to it. Uh, I was going to say heirloom blade. No, no. <laughs> get a tool. Get hit and go hit Thrun. Um, no, you're, uh, the three, two for free that I can't remember the name of it, even though I was, just, uh, crafted war gear. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's true. Bounce it back. Can't die if it's in your hand. Yep. But yeah, I never tried any of the host host things, unfortunately. I could never Yeah, they're just very mana intensive and requires like multiple cards. Yeah. So yeah, I've I there's a lot of the black cards I have tried or would like to try or whatever that might be at some point or another. So uh I think it's one of the more one of the more interesting ones, uh, one of the more interesting colors. Uh, red, there's a couple cards that are interesting. Um, I think Three-Headed Goblin is one of them. Whenever I tried it out, it would just die. Like, it was just so clunky. Like, it's a, it's a 9-3 for 5, but it just wouldn't do enough. And I feel like that's been the way for Cube lately, is just, like... Piles of raw stats once once they get to like four and five mana don't really do the trick anymore or not as much anymore. I don't know. That's one of the ones that I kind of wanted to try out because you know I I, I think it would be amusing, but haven't had a chance to because can't find the foil one. It's I I probably wouldn't to be honest. Like especially since we've got much better fives nowadays anyway. That's I mean, also true. Yeah, like we've I'd, gotten a bunch of stuff recently. Yeah, like Scargan, just, Scargan Hellkite just blows this thing out of the water. Uh, any other reds? By the way, I, I was very amused that Foil Steamflogger boss was just worth infinite. <laughs> wow. Were you guys aware of this? I did I just, not know that. I just checked. I think they're down now. Yeah, I remember when the first was spoiled. Uh, like $100 or something. Yeah. Now they're... Oh, they're sold out. The, the thing is, it took the place yeah. of like a full basic. Yeah, they're... Like, they're why, why couldn't this be a full island? <laughs> yeah. They're they're $56 for foils. No, thank you. Hmm. When, when they first came out, they were like pushing 200 Yeah. Wow. Because they were so rare. Because there was one per sheet on the land sheet. Oh. 
and they, in order, it had to come off of the foil land sheet and then be inserted into your pack because the cards busted sideways in the in the draft format. Hmm. And they had to have a reason for it to uh, appear in uh, Future Sight. Yeah. Turns out that was why. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's any more red cards y'all want to talk about, but the the one card and the rest of this thing, the rest of this whole set that I really like is Earl of Squirrel. Yeah, so I, I think I have a promo Earl of Squirrel. <laughs> oh, the card's so fun. Looks good. It actually looks pretty good. <laughs> I would imagine the foil cards look great, and like they probably really. D- it seems like in the last again, I don't know how many last few years. But yeah, yeah, Earl of Squirrel's cool. great. I like I like Ineffable Blessing. I was just about to say there is a version of Ineffable Blessing that's pretty awesome, which is yeah. the uh, whenever a creature with the chosen border enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. Oh, I didn't know about that one. I just knew about the flavor text one. Oh yeah, no, there's a there's a six there. One of the variations is it's a two drop, uh, but you have to choose white bordered or silver bordered. Oh. <laughs> Oh, so that's hmm. you can't choose black bordered, which is the biggest troll possible. Yeah, I was thinking like I would have no- I would have remembered if it was black border. The flavor and bland one's pretty interesting because it usually gets about half the creatures in decks from what I saw, and that's that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Also, the the rarity one is not terrible. Also, it can yeah. be part of your jund uh, your jund. <laughs> Uh, rare be gone deck. Oh yeah. Even though it, it does kill ineffable blessing, but that's okay. Yeah, it's fine. So yeah, like super interesting. Uh, Earl of Squirrels great. Um, there is uh, there is I think if I remember correctly, there's one other one that I really liked. Um, oh, I currently have an Urza Academy Headmaster in my cube. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fun. I don't know how good it is, but it's pretty fun. I'm going to uh, hit a minus six here. I got the side up. Minus six. Control target player during that player's next turn. Well, there you go. Nice. Perfect. I wonder uh, how long they're going to keep that going. Probably oh. as long as magic exists. I would hope so. Hopefully it won't go the way of like Gleamox or Gleamax or whatever. And you know, if the if it does stop working, you just like complain on the internet and then it'll probably start working. Yeah, or someone will make a, a version of it. Make like a, a script to do it. And like there are like some of the there are some interesting ones too, like Grisilda Monster Masher is actually pretty interesting. Yeah. Grand Calculatron's really good in proactive blue-white decks. Like, if you can... It's almost like Experimental Frenzy, where it's just like... Just play a bunch of cheap stuff, and you can just go off. Although it only does it to five cards. But, yeah, if if you're playing against, like, you know, the... If you're playing a quick deck that can empty its hand quickly, it's just like... 
and then just keep going. Again, mm-hmm. a card I wish was in real magic, but I guess Experimental Frenzy kind of does that now. Same thing, hot fix. Like, I don't know. I guess because I spent a lot of my youth in like CD stores and can look through stuff super quick. I think I did some tests with this card and was like, all right, time to see what I can do. And I got a decent amount of them, but I don't know. I just plus one to my Urza and got three one one white soldier tokens. That's not bad. That's probably one of the better ones. So I, f- yeah, I, just, I didn't realize it's just every ability from every planeswalker. Correct. Yeah, it's every plus that. ability is the plus, every negative ability is the negative, and every ultimate is the neg six. Yeah, I yep. just got the Nicol Bolas uh, plus, which is just uh, probably the best one. <laughs> oh, yeah, that probably is. It's like, uh, I will destroy that non-limb thing. Plus, then... During target opponent's next turn, creatures that player controls attack Urza if able. Yeah, I got nope, party at Urza's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just turned him into a four-four dragon. Cool. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So again, super fun. I don't know how good it is, but it's super fun. You gain X life and draw X cards, where X is the number of lands you control. That was oh. our next six. Oh, I thought that was a plus. I'm like, what had a plus that did that? Oh, no. Flip five coins, take an extra turn for each one that comes up heads. Did I ever tell you, like, with, with the Ral Zarek that I did that and I lost on all of them? <laughs> and I still won. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the third loss. I'm like, there's no way I'm losing all of these. Okay. So here's another neat thing. Are you ready for this? If you go to askurza.com, and you click the thing at the bottom that says download now, mm-hmm. it actually gives you a D20 list for each three of the three abilities that you oh, can print nice. out. Okay, that's cool. So if you're in a place where you don't have access to it, the plus one, you print it out, to, you know, sheet, the plus one has 20 abilities, the neg one has 20 abilities, and the neg six has 20 abilities. Nice. Hmm, that's cool. So... That's nifty. So there you go. Huh. I'm trying to think of which one's know. the best, but probably the uh the bolus one. There's a lot of good ones. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, probably destroy target non creature permanent's probably the best, I would guess. As, as I mean bolus, yeah. She's because he is bolus. Or any of his pluses from his uh, Almond Cat one, or Hour of Devastation, whichever one. The God Pharaoh one. Both those seem pretty good. Yeah. I think this so, only like, goes to a certain time period. Like, mm-hmm. this only goes up until whatever, because I don't think this has that one on there. It's just... Yeah, I, I don't know how they maintain it and how they curate it. Maybe that's a good question for someone like Gavin. Uh, that maybe My, we can try to hit them up and, and see... And if they'll reveal any sort of information about how they, they keep this up to date. But like the plus one, that's the awful Gideon, put a loyalty counter on Urza for each creature target opponent controls. Yeah. That one might be really good. Yeah. Because he actually has a real ultimate. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Like I'm looking at the source code and I don't know a whole lot of this kind of stuff, but it looks like it's all just it's coded in manually. Like it doesn't pull from anything. It's just all set. And I don't think they upload the, they update the source code as sets go along. It's just if with this, do this and whatever. So it's probably just, it's just, it was probably just statically coded 
when the set came out, and they haven't touched it since. I hope not. I hope they would update this. I doubt it. Like, there's, they haven't updated. Let me see God Pharaoh, for example. Let's, uh, let's see. What is his ability? Exiles, target opponent exiles. Yeah, like, that's not on there. So it's hard coded on there. And I would guess they probably haven't updated it. It's probably going to be like Urza's hot tub where they coded it when the crit page was made. And then after that, they don't touch it. Unless like people raise a stink, like you were saying earlier. That's, I don't, cause I don't think the PDF was on there until I think probably like proxy guy made a PDF and they probably like, we should probably do one of these ourselves and did it. So this leads me to want to start a new crusade. There you go. <laughs> make a make a make a hashtag. Hashtag update Urza. Hashtag wow, see. you. Yeah, see that works. And then everybody can chant outside of Wizards headquarters. You 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 you. <laughs> that works. I got I got to tell you after reading sort of Dungeons and Dragons, I might put it in there just for lulls. It's it's a very good card. Regardless. It's good. It's a <laughs> very good card. It's like, not. A, it's better than sort of uh, red and, and white. Outside of the protections, like what it, the card actually does, outside of the protections, like is actually just better. Yeah, most of the time it's the protection is irrelevant, the D twenty mode is irrelevant, but you create a big threat that's evasive and it just snowballs from there. This is like okay, deal with this or you're dead. But yeah, that I card's great. Drawn art, which I did make sure, even though I like the original. Uh, original light and shadow and fire and ice art and the fact that they have promos. I went with all full Chris Ryan arts in the cubes. So I've got like the modern masters ones of those and then the, the Mirrodin block, or the Mirrodin besiege block. But yeah, this one is Chris Ryan as well, so it works. Mm-hmm. Huh. Nice. Split screen, I think I tried out and it was okay. It's just, just kind of clunky. Like it's a impulse kind of effect, but it's just kind of clunky. Hmm. Same thing with like I don't know the entirely entirely normal armchair like those kind of effects. It, it just seems like they're not worth the space, like or at least what they do to a draft. But I don't know if it's me taking cube way too seriously. But <laughs> what? No, we would never do that. Yeah. So I just read an article that Hascon 2019 has been delayed. They postponed it. Huh. What caused it? I, I don't know. The fact that the last one wasn't great? Probably. Or they, or they didn't update Urza. Hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you figured it out. <laughs> yeah, there, there's an article here, but like literally when I click on the article... It doesn't let me actually read the words in the article. Just highlight the entire page or just do a right-click view source? It's all like dots and dashes. Weird. Send me a link. All right. Here is the link because I am not clever enough to do things like, like when you're like, look at source code, my brain was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to do that. Oh, (laughs) let's see. It may also just be a browser issue too. I'm guessing it's a fun. Yeah, it works in Chrome. Uh, do, 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 do. A notice on Hascon 
We made the decision to postpone HasCon 2019 in response to a general inquiry. Our inaugural HasCon event 2017 was a tremendous success, wasn't it? We want to ensure we are bringing the most exciting talent, entertainment, experiences, and news to our fans as we look to the future of this event. Neither the Hasbro statement or Duffy's comments give a date for the postponed event. Yeah, so a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, I think it probably was a good thing for, like, My Little Pony and some of the other properties. But, like, like, what is is this garbage? This is not (laughs) the kind I want. Give me more value. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think that wraps it up for 2017. I, I don't oh, think we have anything else unless you, unless you guys want to assemble contraption. No, I, <laughs> no. Okay. Cool. I actually thought about Casta having water market in my cube. So water market is ancient tomb for cards with water mark. But it doesn't do you the damage. But it doesn't take damage. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, and, you know, that's a easy enough thing to, you know, if you don't care about it, it's just like everything that came out that was reprinted in M25 all has watermarks. Mm-hmm. All the guild cards and all the Ravnica sets and uh, the mm-hmm. Dragons cards. and mm-hmm. it, it, it goes for a while. There's some good yep. Ones. Absolutely. So... That was one of the things I considered. Yeah. And again, if you like to uh, tinker and you like to well, not tinker the card, but you know, like I do. <laughs> tinker with your cube, um, that's certainly something you could engineer much like, uh, and, and you know, we've certainly seen, like you mentioned earlier, symbol status. You know, there's, there's things that you can, you can curate to get the most out of these cards that make you think about outside the box. Uh, matters, things like art, things like borders and text boxes and capital letters and everything else. So there might be an everything of a jig that's also good. I think I looked at them and they were all kind of mediocre. I kind of remember looking at them and being like, okay, well, this. I just don't remember. So. Yeah. I am amused, however, by Croc's other thumb. I thought that was pretty remember. funny. I was looking what does that one do? I forgot. <laughs> so Croc's thumb lets you... Uh, advantage, basically. <laughs> right. Croc's other thumb says, if you would roll a die, instead roll two of those and ignore one. Huh. Interesting. So... <laughs> uh. Awkward silence. Yep. Bad enough was from whatever I posted. <laughs> <All> right, yes. <laughs> my my guess is that's what it was. <laughs> I'm reading and this is Portuguese. Um yeah, my Portuguese is poor. <laughs> <laughs> oh I get it. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My Portuguese comes from my understanding of Spanish and then trying to just parse out the rest of it. Yeah. Oh, there it's you my go. Actual Portuguese. <laughs> I'm like, Azul. Hey, that means blue. There you go. 
Maybe from random Sepultura songs. Because I know that means grave. What? That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, I think there was a... I think a Grave Titan isn't Sepultura in Portuguese. I think it's like a different version, like adjective versus noun. And I was like, dang it. I want <laughs> But like Grave Pact is, and I'm like, Grave Pact sucks. I'm not, I'm not putting that in my cube. <laughs> yep. The, uh, uh, what was I going to say? Um, one of the, 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 earlier when I was mentioning the, uh, Novel, Novelamenta, Nova, God, I can't say it without looking at Novelamental. Novelamental. Uh, yeah. We had a bunch of proper laboratory attires also. Yeah, I remember you had some kind of pants. I think it was that one. Yep. Yeah, it was it was proper lab attire was the, was were all the pants. So, nice. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Uh there was one other shoot, I, I remember there being one other thing in this set that I wanted to mention. And now I'm uh, like Oh, no, I remember now. I wanted to talk about how on brand it is that Usman came up with a way to sneakily figure out something on a, an unhinged card with Hangman. Oh, right. Like, yeah. Just use the segments of your fingers instead, and then it does something. <laughs> yeah, that way it can just be like. With you saying, maybe I just take Cube too seriously. <laughs> just putting those two statements next to each other. Yeah, just like the out of context sound clips. It's like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy! I want to say it's like done in Arabic countries. I think that's mainly how I know. Yes, I, I've I heard that before. That yeah. you count counting the digits as opposed as opposed to counting fingers, you count uh, like knuckles yeah, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the space between the uh, I always call them segments. I don't know if that's sure. Actual, but yeah, essentially the space between, like the thumb is kind of weird, but you know, whatever. Do, do you guys know the trick about how many days are in each? Using your knuckles? Yep. Yeah, I remember that from high school. <laughs> I talked to a lot of kids, and they have no idea like that this is this is a thing. I was about to say they would Google it, but people are lazy and they don't Google. Are you, are you guys familiar? Uh, the okay knuckle so, memorizing. Yeah. So right, well, there's the stupid rhyme, right? Thirty days of September, April, June, end of November. But if you make two fists. And then put the back of your hands facing up and like put your hands together so that you're looking at the back of your hands. If you count the knuckles, every knuckle is a day is a month with 31 days and every space between the knuckles is a day with less than 31. So if you start from your leftmost knuckle, like your left knuckle, January, January, February, March, April, May, June, July is the four-finger uh, four knuckle, and then August is your four-finger knuckle on the September, October, November, December. And it all alternates 29s and 31s, or 20, 30s and 31s, or less than. I, pr- I posted a... Oh, that didn't even... That looks terrible. Ew. What are you doing? I don't know what <laughs> I that tried, is. I tried to make, like, a fist with, like, the knuckles, and it just, like, made it look terrible. Thanks, thanks, Discord. Thanks for making me look like an idiot. <laughs> you punched the wall when you're younger, and your knuckles are horrible. <laughs> I had a I had a biking accident where my knuckles look like ASCII characters. 
<laughs> the thing is, on the little alert at the bottom of the screen, all the other lines came in, but then it showed up in chat. And it's like, nope, not going to do it. Yeah, it just looked awful. Like, I'm going to take a screen cap and do it that way. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was that just about to think, I was going to be like, let me take a picture of the back of my knuckles. And then I thought to myself, with what hand? <laughs> oh, right, right. Ah. <laughs> uh. That looked, yeah, that was, that was so disappointing. I was like, man, this is going to look great. And then I saw it and I was like, oh, that looks like garbage. I'm like, J F M A. And then you just, the way I always did it was like, I did it like left to right and then do the same knuckle instead of having to do the two fists. So it'd be like, you know, did it, did it, go like rewind and go in reverse or whatever. Yeah, yeah, just just mirror hop. image it. Back. Yeah, essentially, like do a hop to reverse, and then do right you know, da, 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 and do that. Right. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, six, five, four, three. You know. Yeah. Yep. That was. Uh, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> I always like finding stuff like that and, and sharing that with my high school kids, and they're like, "Whoa." Uh-huh. Yeah. Like that's mind so blown, <laughs> right? It's just like you guys never learned that. They're like, no, like they, they call them life hacks now, Mister. Oh, sorry, you have to call. You have to be up with the trends. Got to make it hot take. You have to say oh. it's a hot take life hack. No, no, no. What 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 website do I have to put it on? What's the website with all like the the lists of things? A oh, BuzzFeed. Yeah, to make a BuzzFeed oh, yeah. like <laughs> educational life hacks. 12 life hacks you should have learned in high school. <laughs> 12 life hacks you would have learned if you had Mr. Avatolo. <laughs> You're getting two claps for that one. <laughs> Thank you. Two. <laughs> so I'm trying to think if, if someone's to describe the third power, it's like we talk about cube and then we just talk about random stuff, just completely random stuff. <laughs> It's like, so they talk about how to count, count your knuckles and like count hangman symbols, you know, whatever. I guess hangman kind of counts, but it's just doing it in a sneaky way. Right. So you have to make know. sure people know that you're not counting hangman. Yeah. Otherwise they know it's just like, what is this? Or you start, like start doing letters. It's like, oh, okay. He's got hangman. I'm saving a counter. You know, I'm saving a removal for that. But it's like, you do it under the table. Like, I think the first time I did it, I was like, what's the, we were at a game store and I was like, uh oh, I haven't figured out a word yet. And I was looking around frantically and I was like, uh, 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 Eldritch. I'm like, is that enough letters? E L D R I T C H. Yes, eight. Okay, we got it. <laughs> then when I cast it like two turns later, it's like, we got a word. <laughs> I think the third power also guarantees that Anthony, uh, sings something at some point during the cast. Right. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we, for we, all time's sake. Can we do some, uh, can we get some burst lightning action? A burst of lightning. <laughs> oh, burst lightning is gonna do, do damage. Burst lightning. Oh, burst lightning. If you're gonna kick it in, it's the one. Burst lightning. Oh, burst lightning to the face. Uh, uh. <laughs> there we go. Wow. <laughs> By the way, I did the hand motions too the whole time. I know oh, you could do that. I bet you do the hand motions, definitely. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> By the way, I still sing to this day uh, some peaches and herb every time I see uh, reignited. Reignited. And- 
feels so good. And then Rosewater used the joke like days later. Yep. Man. He pulled a Carlos Mencia on you. <laughs> Except for that the cast wasn't published until after he that knew. joke he went up. His, he had his tendrils in there. It's like... <laughs> By the way, I was looking up Obnixilis and looking up uh, War of the Spark. You know, it shows, like, stuff that's related. So it's like War of the Spark, pre-orders. Guess how much the new Obnixilis is pre-ordering for? 250 Drew, uh, does Akildi have any guesses? I'm five bucks. $2. Zakila, I, I didn't hear you just because it kind of blended uh, in. $5? I don't know. Lower. A dollar. Lower. Oh my god. Wow. A dollar? <laughs> Lower. Whoa. <laughs> 50 cents? Lower? <laughs> wow. Wow. 25 cents. <laughs> so cheapest planeswalker ever? Somebody was saying Arlen Cord was selling, or the new Arlen was selling for 10 cents. Wow. Yep. It's a planeswalker, but is it? Like, yeah, it's. Really it's, an it's, enchantment. That can be killed very easily. Yeah, right. Much. <laughs> you know, back in my day, we called those global enchantments. Yep. <laughs> global enchantments. Yep. Like they called Sarah's the, aviary. Yeah. Well, they called a. Well, that that might be a world enchantment. Right. Enchant world. Yeah. Local <laughs> enchantments were uh, auras. Auras, and, right? Yeah, and global enchantments were non auras. <laughs> And then, like, Storm World was Enchant World. Yeah, and all those Enchant Worlds. Which can happen in Cube, with the, like with Nether Void and the Abyss. Yeah, screw those cards. I'll play with those cards. They're expensive. They're also, Nether Void is just, like, anti-fun. Well, it, there's... Well, <laughs> it depends. No, no one shall cast anything. Yeah, it was funny. I actually cast that against somebody like pretty recently. He was not expecting it, and then I cast uh, I cast Bolus's Citadel through it, and I killed him. <laughs> God, yep. yeah. Like Nether Void can also be like you're just like, yeah, I have this Nether Void cube, but I also play uh, Aether Vial and Cavern of Souls and. Yeah. All yeah. right. All right. Enough tan- tangentializing. Let's uh, uh, go on and get on out of here. Um, 2017 is complete. Uh, if you want to uh, find and talk to me, I am at Anthony42 on Twitter, uh, Anthony42 on the Cube Discord, uh, and Basically, Anthony42 everywhere. Uh, Usman? Yeah, uh, Usman the Red. I was about to say, Anthony, I saw you on the core Discord. I don't think I've seen you post anything yet. Yeah, I I lurk. Okay. I lurk and wait. I lurk and wait for people to say things that I can, like, pounce on and feel correct about. There you go. Like, someone, someone in the art fight category said something along the line of which putridive should I use torment foil or grave bu- graveborn? Oh, grave yeah, they're born. definitely trolling. Definitely trolling. And my response was, what the hell kind of question is that? 
So, so yeah. So. I don't know why that just got me. Just like a right hook. <laughs> like, oh, are you man. Real? Uh, all right. So Usman, you're at Usman the Red and Usman the Red. Um, I revamped the blog, uh, the Third Power podcast.wordpress.com. You can find me at Cool Stuff Inc. Writing cube stuff. Wow, that wasn't even an intentional pun, but we'll we'll roll with it. And uh, eventually there'll be a a set review for whatever this new set is, War of the Spark. Sure. <laughs> and then I will probably die <laughs> after writing it. Like <laughs> goodbye. I'm not gonna die. I'll just usually after I write a review, I'm just like ah, so good. <laughs> I, get, I get reignited. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Uh Zakil, where can we find you? Uh you can find me on Twitter at uh Zakil Gordon. Uh so our podcast also is What's in the Box, for those who don't know. It's uh, also an MTG Cube podcast. Right now, MTG Cast is having some issues. Um, but if you follow us on Twitter, either at my Twitter name or the podcast name WITB underscore MTG, I think. Um, uh, it, it appears maybe they got their issues fixed, but uh, we're going to be hosting just to kind of get more, uh, I guess, SEO stuff out in the future. But anyway, find me online at Zakil Gordon, Twitter, YouTube. See you guys soon. Thank you so much for having us on. Well, we appreciate it. Two episodes of the people that basic or two episodes of the people that basically taught me cube. Uh, I'm very thankful to finally be on. I know Drew is as well. Uh, and thank you so much. Yeah, it's been uh, been great uh, last couple episodes casting to you guys and reliving stories from Memphis and hopefully making some uh, some more pretty soon. You can find me on Twitter at Quad Nines. I've got a kind of defunct YouTube page. Uh, I haven't put a video up in a while, but I, I may change. He's that. going to though. Yeah, he's going to. He promised yeah, me he's going to do Sam it. Sam keeps posting videos, and I start feeling the shame of my <laughs> non-editing. I'm like, oh, okay, but I'll just I'll just record something soon. <laughs> really appreciate you guys having me on. Oh well, yeah, of course. Always a pleasure. Uh, hopefully, we get to do some more of this too. Uh, we'll. We'll definitely, when we, we find some time again in the future, we'll, we'll get around to, uh, to, to do in 2018. We'll get together and, and do all that stuff. I'm sure we'll be, we'll all be kept a little busy with our opinions and thoughts on, uh, War of the Spark, uh, and results of all that. So we'll, um, sometime when maybe in the summer when things calm down or when we're all over, uh, what's going on with, uh, modern horizons and what that may offer us. Uh, maybe we can get back and, and do some 2018. Yeah. More. What is it? So we got Modern Horizons, Corset, and then like Archery in 20, in this year. Yeah. Whatever that one's going to be. Oh boy. <laughs> well, we'll cross those bridges when we get there. <laughs> Thank you so much again, guys. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys. Uh, always a pleasure. Hope you guys enjoyed listening today. Uh, and I, there really is only one more thing left to do. That's true. We didn't last time because I ended it with a segment, a segue of us laughing because we didn't record <laughs> one before. <laughs> rock over London, rock on Chicago, magic arena.
Welcome the challenge. It's okay. Not too yeah. bad. It's all right. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Like a lot of cards in in, <laughs> in these in uh, Ixalan. It's fine. Fine. It's fine. fine. It's a it's a seeker squire out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> 2017 review. Fine. Yeah. 2018 is uh, going to be like. <laughs> 2018 is going to be seven parts. Yeah. Because yeah. there's stupid right. Ravnica. All right, guys. All, All right. right. Peace out. Peace. Peace.